somebody somewhere getting upset about it. Because nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Including the South Carolina government, which is kind of what I want to talk about tonight a good bit. Um, As most of us, if not all of us here know, um, there is some legislation that may or may not get passed tomorrow. And that will be flat out banning exotic venomous um, in the state of South Carolina. That includes, you know, elapids, pit vipers, all that good stuff. Um, Heloderma, Oiga, uh, boom slangs, twig snakes, stiletto snakes, uh, pretty much all, well, not pretty much all crotalids, all elapids, sea snakes, um, and it pretty much came out of nowhere. So, as I'm sure, like I said, most of you heard, uh, it was originally a pig bill. Um, Didn't even read the pig part, honestly, because that's not really my concern at the moment. Uh, And apparently, from what I was told uh, by Nick Patini, who talked to Phil Goss at US ARC, uh, as long as a bill is, if it's a wildlife-related amendment to a wild like if it's an amendment that's relative to the bill that's being put through, uh, they can just tack on pretty much whatever they want and not have to run it by anybody or anything like that. Uh, according to them, SCDNR had no idea. Uh, I'm very skeptical about that. And, um, a lot of the, I've heard through the, through the grapevine that some of the you know, the representatives and senators didn't even know that it was happening and they just signed it, not knowing that that was on there, which tells me they ain't reading these bills when they get, when they, when they sign them, uh, which is, that's crap. It's complete bullshit. It's your job to read through these things and, and know what's, what you're about to put your name on. Um, and I'm hoping there, I think there's a slight chance that uh, enough calls and and stuff, uh, right? But if you send enough emails and uh, make some phone calls, hopefully McMaster, who is the governor of South Carolina, will send it back for revision. Um, even then, I do wonder, given how the Tegu thing went, where a lot of people called in, a lot of people uh, made a lot of noise. Um, they went ahead and did it anyways. So we'll see. Um, I'm not super hopeful about the outcome, honestly. Um, like I said, I think there's a slight chance that maybe maybe something can happen. Um, but we'll see. Because I, I think even if it does go back for revision, I don't think it's going to just stop there. Uh, nice, Johnny. Um, I think it'll end up coming back. I think they'll say, yeah, we're willing to compromise. Uh, and then we'll say, okay, this is what we think is, is fair as far as maybe a permanent system being put in place or whatever. And they'll probably come back and, you know, there's, so there's, there's two versions of this bill. One has a grandfathering clause. One doesn't the one that does, you can pay hundred dollars per animal per year uh, to keep it, cannot breed it, cannot sell it. And then there is 
you have to register those animals with the state. So picture a lot of information about it, like the animal itself. Um, and that also gives DNR permission to pretty much drop in and check on your stuff at any time they want. So I think if it ends up being a permit system, I think it's going to be something similar to, to that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, I have the Boiga. Um, I, you know, we'll see how tomorrow goes. I'm still right now. I'm, I'm banking on, on getting them sold or traded or something. Uh, Cause if it does end up going back, like I said, I don't think the outcome is going to be exactly uh, fair or what we're looking for. So just probably going to get rid of them and move on. Honestly, it sucks because I've been putting a couple years into that project, but it was very shocking because South Carolina was, was literally one of the most relaxed uh, in terms of herbeticulture and what you could keep. Um, and I mean, we're talking in a span of three months, it going from one of the, one of the best for the, for the hobby and the industry or community, whatever you want to call it, uh, to be in one that's probably one of, like right up there with some of the other ones as far as being strict because they just passed the tagu ban not that long ago. Um, like I said, a bunch of people called in, a bunch of people said, Hey, you know, these things aren't, this isn't Florida. These things are going to take over and they listened, but their minds were made up going in. And so they just passed that without, uh, without really caring what we had to say. They had enough, enough input from the wildlife federations and all these things that are worried about turkeys and quail and things that feral cats do way more damage to than tegus ever would if they even got established in the state, which they haven't. Um, it's, it's total crap. So figured that would be kind of the main talking point this evening. Cause I know with all the Florida stuff, we didn't really talk a whole lot about that because Phil didn't really want to, but this is kind of a big deal. A very big deal actually. Cause I think this, whatever happens with this, especially if it goes through, uh, it will set a precedent for other states to look and say, look at what we can do. What are you drinking there, buddy? I'm drinking a double shot energy Starbucks crap in a can. Yep. Yep. It was a last ditch effort to, uh, yeah. Sorry for my lateness as usual. I was experiencing technical uh, difficulties. You notice in the last couple episodes of Snakes and Stogies, my monitor has been clicking out? No. Well, it, it what it does is it goes black, and then I close the screen and open it again, and oh, it, yeah, it magically yeah. appears. Um, now it just doesn't want to turn on. Nice. So, like, you can hear the ba-boom, and, like, I know that the screen's there, but I don't see anything. So like I close it and open it, close and open it. So I do like a force restart. Anyway, I love Apple, but this thing needs a tune-up. So hello, did I miss the intro? Uh, not really. It was just me basically giving some some background information on what's going on in my home state. Yo, man. He says I have. You know, pay me my money. I'm gonna stab you in the fucking stomach. <laughs> He's trying to show me some meme shit that he made, and I'm like, dude, I'm live right now across the world. And he's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> Get out of my room, dude. Get out of my room. What are you going to do, stab me? 
Hey. What are you talking uh, about? Uh, nothing. I, I've been so fuck that I didn't even grab something. So as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go back inside and procure said rolled tobacco. Got a King is Dead from Caldwell. Oh, dude, I miss I haven't had I haven't had one of these in a hot minute. This was probably my favorite cigar that they made. Make. I don't. Made? Make. Make. Let's yeah. Still around. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, I think I have I have one of those, or I might have a last czar in there. That might it might I might just need to smoke that tonight. We'll make it a Caldwell night if I can. Actually, I think I have a blind man's bluff, but that's kind of heavy for tonight. Anyway, ah, so what did I miss? Because I'm late as always. Um, this show is brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. First of all, go check them out. <laughs> Rock Give them roll. follow, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, Riley, you should experiment with more cigars. Hey, RJ in the house. Dominique. Um, so I was talking about the basis of what's basically going on in South Carolina right now. And I, I mean, the, the level of disappointment that I feel in, in my home state, because that's something I'm, I'm very proud of is being a South Carolinian because... Right. Such an awesome state. It's always been home, you know. It's it's it's, and for this to to happen the way it has has been really disappointing. Um, my 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 trust and well, I you know not that there was a lot of trust there to begin with, but uh, my trust in in my representatives and and governing body is dwindled. It's yeah. Some of them are people that I I voted for. Um, and you know now, if, if I see their name on the bill, and I not happening. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's difficult, and we. I think I can speak for Justin when I say that on a lot of our content, if not all of our content, as well as this show specifically, because it is live and it is interactive, right? Whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, what have you, you can chime in, you can talk, we can you know commiserate. Yeah, if we you try, have any questions, let me right. Of course. And uh, we try and keep it politics free. You know, we have people of all walks of life on here. We have people with vastly different opinions on here. But the one thing that brings us all together are the animals and the science and the education and just the everything that is herpetoculture, right? Um, so it's difficult to talk about political agendas and, you know, secret bills and slipping stuff i don't even think it's, it's really like a politics thing because we're not talking about a side one way or the other it's something that everyone here can relate to at least maybe they already have or maybe they will in the future you know this is right but what i'm getting at is it, my my long spiel is that we whether you're red or blue right or left you independent green whatever you tend to put some faith, if not your faith, in the people that you vote for. And you feel like your vote has a say. And then you find out that certain things are irrelevant. And that's quite of course, I mean, the, at least well, for the, me. The issue here is not, I mean, obviously you can't see into the future. So you can't say, you know, oh, I hope if I vote for this person that they'll do right by, you know, herpeticulture in the next year. Right. Um. So it's it sucks. It's frustrating. It's I mean that's putting it lightly, but yeah, um, yeah. 
so like I like I said, it sets a precedent, I think, for other states to say, man, that was easy in South Carolina. All we had to do was X, Y, and Z. No one even knew about it, not even right. US ARC. Um because I found out about it Thursday. Right. I think it was Thursday. And even I mean, even the people at US ARC had no idea. Like this was literally probably the sneakiest bit of reptile legislation I've I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's you know? not like it's not like they put a cage requirement or not even the fact that they did a license. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, now all of a sudden you have to register stuff, you have to have a license. No, no, no. It's flat out dynamically changing because at the end of the day, the, the powers that be or the people that fund them don't want us to have these things. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we've talked about countless times of how to the rest of the world, we're weirdos. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, there's, there's documentaries about it, right? So it, it's difficult to explain to the, the common folk why we do what we do, but we need to keep doing it. We need to keep trying and not let stuff like this happen. And hopefully in the future, it's, getting it's to, to that sort of aspect of it, of we need to dig our, dig our heels in and, and, you know, fight, uh, you know, of course this all came out and a lot of people pipe up and immediately say, you know, Oh, I'm moving to Texas or you should move to Texas or you should do this. It's like, we're running out of States people. Like eventually we're not going to have any more states to run to. There are no safe zones. Right. This like eventually, I mean, from what I've even heard, Texas isn't even all that great when it comes to this stuff. They're not like some sort of complete free for all. Um, they still have roundups. And it's like, if you're leaving the state, then you're, that's, you're kind of leaving the, the people in that hobby in that state. Yeah. Sort of left, you know, hung out to dry and, Right. I unfortunately I try to, you know, as we were speaking to Vic about positivity and optimism and stuff, I'm frankly not that optimistic about this at all. I, I, I'm fairly certain it'll probably end up passing. Um, I think there's a slim chance that they'll say, go back and, and revise it. And even then they'll say, yeah, you can keep it. But basically that whole grandfather clause that we had where you pay a hundred dollars per animal per year and you register everything with us and DNR can check in on you whenever that'll be the permit system. Yeah. So I I don't know. I was saying before you got here, like I have the Boiga. I'm probably going to end up, even if the law doesn't go through, I'll probably end up parting with them anyways because I have very little doubt that they'll come back uh, with the same, same bill as a separate thing uh, or they'll come back with a revised edition that doesn't do, that's that does absolutely nothing for us. And right. makes them look like they compromised. So, right, right. Um, you know, it's really frustrating. I know we're all every week. It seems like US Arc is posting a alert saying, "Hey, this is what's happening in this state and this time." And we can do phone calls. We can do emails. Um, but I, I, I really don't necessarily trust that because I feel like the email inbox is just a default for all that stuff to go. Right. Right. And it doesn't get read. And then the phone calls go to a voicemail. That's not attached right. to anybody's phone. Yep. And so it's like, what do we do? I mean, we, you saw it, you've seen it with Florida multiple times. I've seen it with the Texas thing recently where they literally just said, 
you guys don't want it. There's like four people that are for it, you know, center for biological diversity. Um, one of the wildlife federations in South Carolina, like they called and said, you know, these need to be banned. And we had a ton of people from South Carolina that keep tegus call in. And they basically gave us the middle finger and said, all in favor. Cool. I bye. you know, they, it's, it's, it's a mess. And, it's, it's actually frightening. It's terrifying because <clears throat> South Carolina for so long has been pretty easygoing when it comes to, to herbs and what you can keep. Right. You know, yeah, the turtle thing happened not that long ago with the, you know, the, the crackdown on that and native wildlife now has some regulations and whatever, but we've literally gone from one end to the other. Yeah. And went from being one of the one of the best states for the for this you know this hobby to to now one of the worst. So, yeah. Let's see what Jason said. He said, from what I've heard, the way it was added onto those bills is illegal according to South Carolina state constitution. It says no writers or amendments to a bill that aren't directly related to the bill. Well, that's the problem. So it was originally a pig bill, and according to Phil Goss, this is what Nick Bettini told me, who's up in Columbia. Um, if it's because it's a wildlife related bill, they can make wildlife related amendments without having to consult with anybody, without having to say anything, without having to have a hearing, without having to jump through all the formalities and hoops they normally would. Um, whether it's broken down further and says, you know, you can't have an amendment that isn't di like 100%, like they can do pig amendments, but they can't add anything else. I don't know if that's the case. I was told it wasn't. Um, that doesn't seem right. Uh, no. And, and if I may cut in real quick, um, again, keeping politics out of it, uh, amendments are to, to amend things, right? They're to, they're to fix things that, are, that were thought to be one way and turned mm -hmm. out that it wasn't good and they want to change it, or it was already bad and they want to make it better, right? And we, we're all for amendments because we want to we improve as a society. We want to improve on our laws. We want to improve on our legislation, right? But... I have several lawyer friends that have basically told me the same thing. They've conveyed to me and they say, Phil, don't ever vote on an amendment. And your immediate response is, why? Why would I not vote on an amendment? First of all, it's my right as a U.S. citizen to vote. And I would want to voice my opinion as to whether or not this should be amended or not, right? And they instructed me that it takes one day to vote to put an amendment in, right? but it takes 15 to 18 years on average to undo an amendment, right? And nobody realizes that. And that's 15 to 18 years of hard legislation, whether it be uh, bills being pr proposed or lobbying or whatever it is, it takes 15 to 18 years to undo that amendment. So if that amendment turns out that it was poopy and wasn't what the people thought it was, or wasn't what the politicians thought it was, 15 to 18 years to undo it. Now, I believe it. And here's the kicker, and we've noticed this with Florida specifically in regards to the animal stuff. It doesn't matter what, in, in terms like this, again, in terms like this, we're not talking about political candidates or presidencies or anything like that. In scenarios such as this, this animal stuff, it honestly doesn't matter what your vote is, in my opinion, because if they want to make the drinking age 21, or the tobacco Smoking, age, cigar age, 21, tobacco, right? yep. they're going to make that law. If they think that, you know what, 
we have the numbers and it says that skydiving is just too dangerous to public health and you could crash through a building and kill everyone. You know what? We're just going to outlaw skydiving. No vote. Wham. Done. The voting is a formality in most cases. Yeah. And when because the last time, to. right, because they have to, and they have to have an open forum. People have to be able to voice their opinion. And the last time that Florida had a major rules change was I think 2016. And it was when they broke the venomous categories. They broke venomous into four categories. Mm -hmm. And my good friend, Michael and I, we actually drove up to uh, the, the, the meeting was held in St. Augustine, Florida, which is about four and a half, five hours North of me. Um, nobody realizes how big Florida is. It's very long. Right. And I'm all the way at the tip of the bottom. So we drove all the way up there. I took time off from work. I paid for a hotel room, the gas, the food, the expenses. And we sat in on there and we, we didn't register to speak. We didn't have anything really to say prepared, but we sat to show our presence and there must have been 25 people in there, 30 people. Didn't matter to them. Those people in the stand, they already made their minds up. They already had their votes in hand. But the people that went up there that was from our community and said, listen, I, this is my business. This is my, my livelihood. This is my life. This is my passion. They all gave a, a, a compelling argument. You know, it, it would in, it essentially bring a tear to your eye. The people voting, they, they didn't care. They had their minds made up. Now, yep. would it have been different if it was a thousand people? Maybe, maybe not. But they do it on a Wednesday at two in the afternoon, or they do it on a Saturday night at 9 p.m. And they do that on purpose so that people can't show up because they want to change the law, whether they're paid to do it from someone's personal agenda, or it's they feel that it's in the best interest of the state or the county or the governing body. And that's sad. But the only thing that we can do is to keep doing what we're doing and band together as a community because this community as united as we are we're not at all and i hate to say that too many people disagree with one another and we can't just get on common ground and even if we donate all the money in the world to us arc that's a handful of individuals fighting a fight for thousands of us so I don't have a real answer as to how to rectify this or fix this or stop this. The only thing that I can say is that we need to get together as a community and not be bickering with one another or fighting over nonsense or pointing fingers. And we need to, honestly, we need to show up more metaphorically speaking. See, but on that note, and as Eric is saying, she says it doesn't help when the all the legislators see sensationalized bullshit. Uh, that is the lowest common denominator. Reptile keepers, we need more and better examples of people being responsible in the public eye. Um, but the only stories that make the news are idiots, which is true. But here's where my issue lies. Like we have people, uh, South Carolinians, saying, uh, "We, you know, sign this petition, do this," and you flip through their Facebook, and they're free handling main chance and shit. To me, that's like the arson saying, man, y'all really need to, to stop having burn piles in your yard because this is making me look bad. Like, this, yeah. is, this is hurting me. Yeah, you know? I agree. It's, I agree. It's like, to me, if you're going to complain about this and you're sitting there posting free handling bullshit, I don't think you should have you should have any real say in it because it's like you're part of the problem. You're the reason we're in this position in the first place, most likely. Like, right. Yeah, maybe not you directly, but enough people post free handling shit on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram, and eventually it's going to catch enough attention. I mean, I think it's fair to say that most of the free handlers and stuff on social media have the biggest followings. 
And you think right. you don't have PETA people paying attention to that and sending that to pe- to certain individuals, you know, getting sent up that ladder to whoever your state representatives are. Um, and and PETA is the majority shareholder in Facebook. So yeah. all these groups, all these groups on Facebook that are reptile groups, you think they don't have eyes on everything? You think they don't have a hand in everything? And I'm not talking about, oh, this guy's a spy, kick him out of the group. I'm talking about visually watching everything because their agenda is to end ours. That's just it. It's, yeah, it's it's frustrating. And as far as the moving thing goes, I mean, I have to be realistic, you know, just because I keep Boiga and I'm, you know, probably inside the next 25 hours, not going to be able to anymore, at least come, well, July 1st, I think is the deadline if it gets passed. Um, I'm not going to uproot my family. I'm not going to sell my house. I'm not going to change jobs. I'm not going to move to another state just to, just because I can no longer keep a genus that I I love and really enjoy keeping. Um, You know, this whole time I've tried to have a a glasses half full sort of outlook on it as hard as that is uh, and tell myself, you know, Hey, that makes more, more room for Bairds and chondros and some of the other stuff. And that doesn't make it as painful, but it's still. Yeah. You know, it still sucks. I mean, the day that I heard about it, man, I was almost in tears. I'm not going to lie. Cause it's just so frustrating that people can just change the rules like that. Yeah. It's, it was, I was like, I was so angry. I was physically ill. Like I was nauseous. I was, I was just fuming, man. It's yeah. just, uh, and Dan says secret closet. And, if it were like a pee slap or something with a fine, that'd be one thing, but they're making this a fucking felony dude. Like that's a big deal. I'm sorry, but I love my boyga, but I ain't catching a felony just because I have them. That's just ridiculous. I think if, if you're going to be that hard headed, that's, that's just not, not wise. If someone's going to be like, well, you know, screw that. I'm going to keep them. And if they don't like it, you know, whatever. It's like, ask Cody Barlini about that kind of stuff. Dude, they swat, comes and busts your door down and it ain't like some guy with a, you know, with a polo on and a tie walks up to your house and says, Hey man, I hear you got some stuff you're not supposed to have. Now dude, they come in. You would think that you're, you're a domestic terrorist. Uh, I, I miss the way they handle these things. I worked at a facility, not underground. I'll specify. That. Also true. Riley. I, so uh, you can always get more boy. You have the loss change. That's true. Um, I will specify not underground, but I worked at a facility that was raided by the FBI. <clears throat> the FBI Special Task Force was asked by <clears throat> U.S. Fish and Wildlife to perform a raid on this facility. And I was working there at the time, and I was about an hour late to work because I had a prior engagement. And nice, nice stogie shirt. Love it. Yeah, I, and uh, when I got there, everyone was just getting let out of their handcuffs. And you had guys and gals in helmets with machine guns asking, is that a radar slider? No, that's a spur tortoise. Is that a red, is that a radar slider? No, that's a Mata Mata turtle. And they confiscated hundreds, if not thousands of animals that were later found up to be mostly dead because they were put in a warehouse with no, no air conditioning, no water, no nothing. And, uh, they didn't find anything. And, uh, it was a very, very bad scenario, but they go to great lengths to make a case and to make an example. And it was from that was a contributing factor to the turtle laws in Florida. 
they changed the turtle laws. Now it's for educational use and science only for baby turtles. Mm -hmm. So if you think that it is like Justin said, a pee pee slap or a slap on the wrist, even if it is that shit builds up, man, and, and it accumulates and we're here to preserve our passion and preserve the hobby and not make a mockery of it and not make a, a, not make it criminal. You know, if they told me, Hey man, Venomous is now banned in Florida and you have to uh, keep what you have and never get anything else again. I'm going to enjoy the animals I have and, and go from there. And, See, if, and if that would be the case with me is I'd likely end up getting rid of the neonates and just keep the adults and just enjoy them. But because they're saying a hundred dollars per year per animal. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to pay somebody else to be able to keep my fucking animals, man. That's just, right. that's ridiculous. It's like, I was going to say that's like you have in your car, but we pay property tax. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And people people always bring me, they're like, well, will you register your vehicle? I say, yeah, I register my vehicle. Um, at this point in the Western world, you need a vehicle, you know. Um, but me, you know, paying 100 bucks to have my vehicle year is not me paying, you know, $900 because of the quantity of snakes that I have that are supposedly uh uh bad so it, it's it's very different it is it's yeah it's sad. i mean john johnny it is but like i said you know that's that's you know my wife's being pretty understanding and i think she knows that that whatever you know when i do get sell the boiga that if that money goes into something else snake related i think she gets it like she understands that it's you know the circumstances it's it's not easy um yeah, and that's that's another thing Christina said. Uh, I think it's smart to move your boiga because people know you have them. It would suck if your state wanted to make an example out of you, you know, which I do I yeah. do keep in mind. But it's mostly because, you know, like I said, even this law doesn't pass, it goes back for revision. This is what I was saying before you got here, Phil. Um, okay. I think it's just going to be easier because I, I feel like the buck's not going to stop there. It's not going to be as simple as them right. saying, well, we tried, guys. Right. Sorry. I mean, re remember, when, when, when they, they got rid of... Shaking their fist. Of course, when when they called me, my investigator called me and said, hey, man, you know what this phone call is about. And I said, let me guess. I'm off the list. He said, yeah. He says, you don't you don't have any uh, big snakes anymore. I said, no, not currently. He goes, all right, good. He says, and these were his exact words on the phone to me. He says, you know, you saw this coming. I'm sorry, but this is the beginning of the eradication those were his exact words. And, and I know that when he says he was sorry, he was genuinely sorry because he is a captive wildlife investigator. That's his job. If we're not around, he doesn't have one. He's going to get put back on, on road patrol or in an office somewhere. He doesn't want to do that. He wants, right, he wants to be in the field, or it, it, which happens to be the city, and, and interact with guys and gals like us, you know? So when he tells me he's sorry, I know, he's, he's, I know his convictions are true. Um, but they called me and told me that, and, and, and it was the biggest kick in the gut ever because it wasn't that I had the animals. It was that I could never have them ever again. And it comes to find out that if I did want to have them, I would have to have a brick and mortar facility that is open for commercial business. Uh, I think more than eight hours a week. So if I really wanted to have a scrub python, if I really wanted to have a retic, I could go about it that way, but I can't sell them in Florida. They can only be sold out of state and I wouldn't be able to breed them. So it's it's it, it sucks, but we we roll the punches because that's what we do, you know. We play the cards that are dealt. 
Unfortunately, Justin and many other South Carolinians got a really bad hand at poker. And that's just it. That was all my money. That was all your money. And you, you keep playing until until you can't anymore. And and somebody just texts me and says, uh, someone who's actually watching this live right now said, uh, why doesn't Justin just put him in a closet? Who would ever know he has them? And it's not, not about, it's not the point. The point is that people like myself and Justin were moral dudes. We have well, that's, that's my thing too, is like, we yeah. talk a whole lot about doing everything the right way and exactly. know, keeping venomous, doing it responsibly. I don't want to be one of those guys. Cause if something happens, the punishment's probably a going to be double because you of were course. doing it knowingly. You weren't supposed to. Right. Um, and like I said, me, it's just, it's not worth, it's not worth a felony. It's not worth however much in fines I'd have to pay. It's just not worth the trouble. Like I love Boyga. I really do. If I could keep him, I'd go even harder into the genus. Like I had planned to, but I have what I have currently as far as the other stuff and the other projects and that, that that'll have to do, you know, that'll have to be it. Yeah. But um, I just, it's, it sucks. You know, this is for South Carolina to, to go the complete opposite direction is just really surprising. You know, I'm, I love Nikki Haley as a governor. I think she's probably one of the best governors the state's ever seen because she was very, even keeled like she she it seemed like she weighed options and tried to be fair to to all parties involved um and now the guy we have now he's he's clueless he's definitely up there in age and sort of like biden is just kind of seems sort of aloof and kind of unaware of where he's at or what he's doing um and i feel like they could they could slide any piece of paper in front of him and he'd probably sign it not knowing what it was but that's personal yeah. opinion. So, yeah, and like Dom said, she says it's awesome to see that I had success with the animals, and that's that's true. Um, yeah, and so if you when you register the animals with that grandfathering clause, if that's the the version of the bill that gets passed, uh, there's a section that says you know by doing this, you're you're literally giving DNR the ability to stop by any time and check on your stuff and enter your premises. So, uh, I think overall the whole thing is, is part of a larger, uh, and I'm not one for, for conspiracy theories. I'm not one to wear a tinfoil hat. Um, I think this is sort of a larger, a larger thing. Like I think it started with Florida and that was sort of their, their test to, to see how easy it would be to pass some of these things and how, how easy it would be to restrict stuff that's already restricted, uh, and I think given so the conversation I had with with uh, one or two guys at DNR who were in charge of talking to us in the hobby as far as getting our opinions and stuff, I was told verbatim. And so were other people that I know. Uh, I asked him and I told him, I was like, my fear with this Tegu thing is that it's not going to stop there. Like, this is the foot in the door. Like we've talked about previously. We had a whole episode on that. I'm pretty sure just a couple months ago. We did. We most definitely did. And he said very specifically, we have no plans or interest in coming after venomous or other exotics. We're just worried about tegus. Sure. And here you, we are not even three months later. You were placated. Very, so very. That makes put. me, that makes me think that there's a larger, a larger sort of scheme at hand. Uh, the fact that it was a pig bill originally and DNR says they know, they knew nothing about it. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. Like D, like DNRs are in a really bad spot now, man. Like I don't 
I know myself, I don't trust a damn thing they say. They could tell me they're going to cure cancer tomorrow, and I'd be like, you're full of shit. Yeah. You know, well, you know, just, you know what the original – it's funny because we're talking about the swine bill in South Carolina. You know what the original bill was for on the Tegus and Iguana thing? It's same concept. It was not a bill proposed about Tegus and Iguanas because if it was a bill proposed about Tegus and Iguanas, the people of the state of Florida would say, who cares? No, no, no. It was a pro-hunting bill mm-hmm. that basically said that if you were a hunter, you could not be molested or accosted or had your hunt interfered with by anti-hunters. So if you're out in the woods in a tree stand and you're about to shoot that prized buck you've been waiting your whole life for to feed your family or to do whatever, because it's your right as an American, and a PETA person comes out there with a sign of bullhorn going, stop hunting, stop hunting, that PETA person would go to jail. So every hunter in the state was like, rock and roll, let's do this. And they snuck in the iguanas. And then after that, then it transpired into everything that we see now. So it it is the same concept. They they do everything in their power to sneak stuff in because they have to push the agenda, whether it's money, whether it's money or it's personal opinion. I definitely have a better appreciation for, you know, we've all seen it. We get like we get the alerts, you know, oh, no, Arkansas is having some trouble. And if you're in Florida, you're like, nah, it's Arkansas. So, you know, not a whole lot I can do. Having dealt with this now, it's like we all got to got to throw in i mean it, like we're so outnumbered yeah. out gunned yeah uh out checkbooked yep um that it really it really does require you know everyone doing what they can um you know i you can't even get mad at us art like especially with the south Carolina, yeah. they didn't even know what happened right. i feel like everyone noticed at the same time because nick Botini posted it i messaged nick after i read it and i was like dude what the fuck is this and then he's like, yeah, I already talked to, to Goss, and they weren't even aware of it. Yeah. They have a program, I guess, that searches for keywords and stuff. And because they slipped that in last minute, their, you know, their program didn't catch it. And they can't possibly check all those states and stay up to date with every single what every single state is doing legislation-wise you know, in real time. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I have no idea what this was based off of. Um, I don't know of any major newsworthy incidents other than what happened in North Carolina a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't know who made the decision as far as what can stay and what can go because Hydrogen Nasties wasn't really listed specifically. Well, no, no, they just they modeled the so the list that you sent me is the verbatim exact list of Florida. I thought so because it has and, sea and snakes. Correct, and what's funny is that up until 2018. Again, my whole theory with the yellow anacondas, that list didn't exist. And I remember verbatim because I got a a proposed misdemeanor. I was given a misdemeanor violation because I had hydrogenastis in a tank with cage clips. And I did not have a scientific name that said, you know, hydrogenastis gigas. And it did not say danger venomous reptile. And I informed the investigator at the time, who's not my guy now, that guy, he actually got promoted. Now he's like a captain or something. Great. He told me, he's like, this is venomous. I said, no, it's not. He says, yes, it is. Here's a misdemeanor. He says, you need to find the statutes. I said, what do you mean I need to find the statutes? You need to find the statutes because your law enforcement, your job is to enforce the law. I know it's not to memorize them all. It's to enforce it. So find me the law, <clears throat> excuse me, and I will comply of co- accordingly. 
right? I'm, I'm a lawful guy. And he sent me an email with a statute that said the only venomous colubrids considered potentially dangerous to human health in the state of Florida was uh, Teletornis, uh, Rhabdophis, Boiga, Actractaspis, and Dysphobus. Dysphobus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said, so Hydronassus isn't in that list? And he says, yes, you are correct. The misdemeanor has been withdrawn from the state's doctrine or whatever. So it was basically his way of saying, hey, man, I'm sorry I fucked up. But now and I, I find say that, that funny because I feel like Hydrodynasties would do so much more <clears throat> from a bite than any Boiga would. Mm, only because I think of Hydrodynast. Well, also you think given their size, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. you're dealing with a with a big adult. I mean, that's pretty gnarly. I mean, that's the same with any big melanota or anything too. But true, I don't know. I think you have a better chance of getting getting nailed by Hydrodynasties just given their crazy food response than you do any Boiga. But that doesn't make any you know wrong that's not here, right? here, 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 yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they literally took the exact list from Florida and said, let's do it. But guess what? We can do it better. And thank God Florida didn't do it the way that they did. But who's to say that we're not next? Who's to say that next year doesn't happen to us? Who knows? Oh, nice. Um, Jeff and Kendra got blood egg, blood python eggs today. Oh, congr congratulations, cool. Kendra. They're killing it, man. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of like what what Matt was saying, he says it's easiest forget to easy for us to forget how afraid most people are of any reptile, especially snakes. And that's part of what I've always said is like this, this hobby is very hard to justify to the, the general public, you know, yeah. unless you're an ant, like a true animal or wildlife person, you're not going to get it. People don't understand. It's just like skydiving. It's just like, uh, drag racing. You know, it's just like anything yeah. else that has a margin of danger to it. Um, people just don't, People aren't going to understand. You can explain it to them all day long. They're not going to get it. And I'm okay with that. That's why half the time I don't even indulge in conversation about it at work. Unless it's with a regular or something. Like there was a guy in the shop just the other day talking about how baby baby copperheads are just are, are more da dangerous than the adults. And I just sat there staring at the TV. Just watching whatever I was watching. I was like, I'm not even going to not even going to bother. I had yeah. a, like a, a lounge full of people. It's like, I ain't even going to I ain't even going to go there. Let them let them live in his fantasy world um yep how about and I this do that most, i do want to educate people but at the same time it's exhausting and you know those people are going to leave going yeah like that guy knows what he's talking about he works at a cigar shop you know it's yeah yeah i i've noticed recently um that my business card has my first and last name on it right anyone who knows me from this they know my name but these people in my store, my retail store that I manage, uh, they'll be like, hey, can I get your business card? Sure, absolutely. And I'll, I'll give them the card. And they're like, oh, great, cool. And uh, I'm going to shoot you an email. Sure, shoot me an email. And some time goes by and they come back in and I've forgotten who they are. You know what I mean? I see hundreds if not thousands of faces you know, a month. And they're like, hey, man, I, they come in there. Hey, I bought that thing from you that one time. Oh, great. Thanks. Welcome back. How can I help you? Um, Hey man, I, I found you on Facebook, man. Those snakes are crazy. You're you're crazy, man. I would never do that. You're crazy. And I'm like, wow, you took my business card and stalked me down and found my Instagram, and uh, and now you think I'm a lunatic. Yeah, it's thanks great. for going out of your way to tell me that. Right. And and here's the thing: is my I keep my Instagram public because I got nothing to hide, and it's fun, right? 
And I've had a lot of people find my Instagram, whether it be the Gecko one or my personal one, and they always have something to say or something to share. And that's why we have social media is to share. That's why we have Instagram is to share photos and experiences and videos and, 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 and sell stuff and buy stuff. And it's a great platform. I'm a big Instagram advocate. Um, but it bothered me. So it, it always bothers me when they're like, Hey man, I found you on Instagram. You're crazy. You got snakes, man. You're nuts. I, I would just shoot them. You know, it's like the famous thing. It's like, here, here's a picture. Eat a dick. Here's a, here's a picture of a, of a, of a, that's my live dog. Here's a picture of a dead dog. How's it make you feel? Oh, well stop sending me pictures of dead snakes, asshole. And it's never an ID thing. Like, Hey, the weed whacker got this one, you know, that actually I have a story for you. Right. Like I have a story for you. How often I hit it before do, I saw it and didn't realize. Right. Exactly. How often do, do people show you a picture of a dead snake that they killed? And they're like, I fucking hate snakes, man. I had to fucking kill it. But is this dangerous? Does it really matter? You killed it. It's going to say now, it, it doesn't matter. Now, here's the kicker. So on Mother's Day yesterday, I went to my girlfriend's uh, cousin's house. They had a little barbecue. And uh, her one cousin comes over to me, and he has his hands cradled. And he's like, hey, Phil, will you look at this real quick? And he didn't want to make a scene with, like, you know, the, the grandmas and stuff there and the aunts and uncles. They didn't want to make a scene. So I walk over, and in his hand is an adult uh, ringneck snake that is dead. And it was, it was freshly dead from the day before. And he's holding his hand. He goes, what is this? And I said, that was a ringneck snake. He goes, yeah, man. He says, I saw it right as the weed whacker was going by. I, I, I made a mistake. He's like, I just, I just figured I'd ask you. He's holding his hand. And I said, hey, you know, be a... Uh, be careful because you, you don't know if it's venomous. You know, you're still holding it. Things can still hurt you even after they're dead. But he was showing me the dead snake. He saved it for me because he knew I was coming by. He showed me the dead snake because he wanted to learn. And it wasn't that he was afraid yeah. of the snake. He didn't kill it on purpose. He thinks snakes are cool. He just doesn't know anything about them. So I told him a little bit and I told him what it was. I said, hey, they eat bugs. They're good to have in the garden. If you see them, you know, throw some dirt on them. He's fine. Um, and he and he liked that, and I, I I thought that that was great because it, the ignorance wasn't there. It was curiosity, and he, right, it he was did, more of like a I want to know right. for future reference if I see one. Sure, of sure, again, you know, yeah. I said, and he's got he's got little boys, and I said, hey man, you know, if you find another one, they're totally harmless. I said, and they're usually really they're docile. Their mouth is so small they can barely even bite you. I said, just let the kids play with them, show them that there's nothing to be afraid of, you know. And he was like, yeah, that's great, that's great. So. There's a difference between that and, hey, man, I, I chopped his head off with a shovel. What is this? Here's a copperhead I killed, and it's like a fucking yeah, corn snake. king snake. Right? Not even yeah, the same exactly. colors. Exactly. It's a rough green snake. But, but just, to, right, just to circle back around, these are the, the people we're speaking ill of. This is the mass opinion, is that we are crazy, is that we are uh, something's not right in our brain, and that we're weird and I can't understand why you would do that. Well, I can't understand why you go to a club and pay an exuberant amount of money to get blackout drunk and not remember how much fun you were having. Doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I love alcoholic beverages. I like to have a well, few too many. On when you only have one liver. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, just cause it grows back. Doesn't mean Roses. shit. So, 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 I like to enjoy a libation. I like to enjoy an alcoholic beverage sometimes more than I probably should, but I don't get blackout drunk to the point where the next morning I wake up going, oh my God, how did I get here? I must have had a lot of fun. Unless it's well, Daytona. Daytona is the only exception. 
I always remember Daytona. Um, and that is one of the few times a year I that I get most completely schnockered. I get completely schnockered. But but again, that that's you think I'm crazy for keeping a corn snake that I found in the yard, but I think you're crazy because you'll drive home drunk. So I, I Or do understand. a fat rail of coke in a bathroom not knowing if it's got battery acid in it or not. Bingo. Some stranger gave me a little baggie, man. Let's go. Right, right. People are dumb. Oh, uh, yeah, fucking humans. Anyway. But as um, Bill's, uh, Bill Bradley said, no one who shows up with a badge will know anything, and your animals will likely suffer as a result. Uh, if you caught Nerd's little live stream earlier, which I'll, I'll circle back to that in a second, they were talking about how at one point someone, I think, in Maine, if I'm not mistaken, had a berm, and they okay. got raided. And they also owned, they said a subak, and I forget what the other snake was, but it was harmless. And they euthanized both of them because they didn't know what they were. So they're not going to go, well, let's find out what this one is and hold on to it for a couple of weeks until we can identify it. And then we'll, you know, we'll find it. No, they're just going to straight up euthanize it. Yeah. It's sad. <laughs> and I Riley go back. Says it best. Riley says it best. We're weirdos to most people who think eating Tide Pods is normal. Sorry, Justin, what were you going to say? Everyone's a little weird, man, to some degree. Everyone's got their thing. You got guys that are some of the best lawyers in the country that are probably nuts about Legos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They got a room (laughs) in their house that looks like it's something out of Neverland Ranch. You're right. It's weird to us, but to them, it's like, yeah, I just like Legos. They probably got more like enough collectible sets that are probably worth more than their house, and they're completely okay with that. Hey man, I have a lot of toys. Just saying. Like I said, everyone's got a thing. But as far yeah. as like the nerd thing, so I, I mean, full disclosure, I'm I've been on the fence about McCurley. Yeah. Like we all, I think mostly it's just sort of his. He, he's 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 just it's his abrasiveness, I guess is the word. He's just he's very no holds barred, right? But I will and, say, the man has been coming in clutch for everybody on the U.S. arc front. Like I don't think there's anybody in this hobby that has done more. <laughs> MTG, I'm right there with Billy Jenkins. Jesus, spent so much money on cardboard. It makes me want to cry. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody in the hobby that's done more as far as raising awareness for for what's going on legally than than him and the and the boys at Nerd. You know, so yeah. I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I actually tried to get Jeremy on tonight, but he's actually out of town, so he might come on with us next week. Um, and it's like I said, I mean, like I when you have someone who kind of comes goes to bat for you and other people in your state, and they're not even anywhere near you. You know, it kind of makes me feel a little better. It puts me a lot better. It, I have a, a better respect and appreciation for him uh, than I can say that I, I did before, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my only, my biggest caveat with that is like, you know, we're talking about all the legal stuff and what needs to happen and what needs to change and what needs to do. But then you got, you know, the crazy video intro with the, you know, don't do this at home. You know, none of this is cool. And it's like kind of. To me, it's sort of talking out of both sides of your mouth. But like I said, I have to say he has been doing a lot. He's been making sure everyone's aware of it. He's been spreading the word. And 
you know, I'm okay with that. So, and then Riley said he's good in, in the, in a political courtroom and helping with legislative things. He's not great with being respectful and professional to people outside of his circle, which is, yeah. So I salute him in that regard. He has been in the hobby a long time. That's cool and all too, but I'm not a ball Python guy. He popped out some crazy sky blue toke geckos those couple years. I'm not even going to talk about the Divergens albino melanotocross. That yeah, is, we're, that, we're is, not, that is an, that's that's an un, unforgivable sin. Blasphemy, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's like a, a one-way ticket to hell. Jesus looked at that and said, oh no, you ain't, don't even bother coming to my door. Yeah. Yeah. So on a lighter note, how are your eggs? They're okay. Until the government tells me I have to get rid of them. Oh, dude, come on. <laughs> let's let's put some liquid back in that glass. Uh, they're all right. Um, they're cooking. Good. I am beefing up the females still to get them ready for round two. And I actually, you know what's weird about this whole thing? I was talking to David and David Brahms and Luke Myers about this earlier in our little text group. And uh, I don't know what it is about, about this whole thing the last couple days, last week, couple days. Um, like, I've, I don't know. It's given me a better appreciation for the Condros for some reason. Like, I feel like I kind of fell out of love with Condros for a little while. Like, I still you, like you them. Did. I still enjoy them. But now, when it's like, okay, now I have to, I have cyania that I have to get rid of, you know, it's like, I I don't know how to explain it. I just, I, this, today when I woke up and went to feed and clean everything, I was excited to get to mess with the chondros in yeah. particular. And, I, you know, maybe it's, chondrocast is going to happen. We're going to record Sunday. So. Excellent. Awesome. Plan for that. That's, pl- that's the plan right now. Um. Billy said, I, I will pray for my sins. Uh, so that kind of has me a little amped. I'm, I don't know. I'm just, you, you kind of have to appreciate the stuff. That you have when you realize that there's things you can't anymore. I realized, I realized that a few years back, um, with native stuff. You know, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And a lot of people, you know, they always talk, oh, you live in Florida, man. It's a herper's paradise, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. But between the people that we interact with, the network and the magazine and Instagram and Daytona and Carpet Fest and all these people. And to be honest, just, just to pick one person is honestly Nipper. You know, because Nipper has such an affinity for North American herpetofauna, and talking with him really sparks it. It's contagious, and and he's yeah. like, "Look, man, I love exotics, but he also loves his native UK herps, right? That's what he lives with. It's what is around him. It's what he grew up with." And I think about the stuff in Florida, and I I have to tell myself because I am so pragmatic. If they banned it all tomorrow. 
I think I would still be okay because I have my native stuff. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, if you live in a very cold state, like let's say you live in Maine, and I'm sure there Wisconsin. isn't Wisconsin, right? Well, there's there's still some good herbs in Wisconsin, but if yeah. you live in if you live in Maine um, and you got everything banned and taken away, having it already, um, it would probably be more difficult for you to fill that that void. But it gives cause to do more trips. It gives cause to do more excursions and to make friends elsewhere that, to share the passion. And I feel like even if they ban it all, I still think that all of us would be okay. It would be very painful and it would be a big punch to the solar plex, but we would all be okay because we, we still have each other and we still have our passion. And we'll do we'll, a big cage to keep you in buddy. Right. We'll, we'll find a way to, to, to keep, keep on trucking, you know? And I think that's what we really need to rem remember is that we're all together in this. And that's part of banning this community together and not having the issues that we have so that, we can show up a thousand fold and not just have a, a room of 20 people, you know? And I mean that metaphorically, you know, right. Um, but it's hard not to talk about these things mm -hmm. because they have to be talked about. But I also, I, I want to bring, I want to fill the glass back up. You know, I want to, I want to keep it half full. And, uh, and that's what I tried to remind, remind myself when I was dealing with it is, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's the Boiga that I have to get rid of. I still have the other stuff I enjoy. You know, hopefully nothing else will, will go, even though I am I would not be surprised if Big Constrictors and Crocodilians were the next coming down the pipeline. Yeah. I'd almost bet money on it that by the end of the year, something something related to that's going to come in. So I think we should sort of maybe talk to US Arc and, and sort of have some sort of plan ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. In case that's the case. Um, so I don't know, man, it's, uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that could, that's the question for everything though, is, you know, what Johnny said, what if it's the tip of the iceberg? And, you know, I, I don't see them like the stuff that Petco and PetSmart sells and that, you know, the basics they're like, that stuff's never going to go away. Right. Um, I, it's it's so tough because and that's that's the the biggest that's the scariest part of it all is like what if it doesn't stop there you know it's like a like a serial killer that's on the loose and no one knows where he is but you know it's that that you're in the street past curfew and you might be the next one kind of thing yeah but at the same time you can't live in fear you know right, right. if the serial killer's on the loose guess what i'm gonna live my day-to-day -day life not in fear of some serial killer, because God forbid that serial killer comes and finds me, he's gonna have a hell of a time trying to get his job done. I don't Just know, saying. man. I mean, some of those guys did some really messed up stuff. I'm, I, I would worry about getting dismembered. <laughs> It was like I'm just gonna get shot. That'd be one thing, but like getting taken hostage and then slowly tortured in a basement somewhere. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably stay home until they find that guy. Okay, call me crazy, but the Buffalo Bills of the world, you know. Hypothetically speaking, I've been watching all those like true crime murder documentaries on Netflix. You're not a 28 year old single female. No, Stop. but I do enjoy them. And the the there's the the Sons of Sam uh, docu series on Netflix right now. That's really good. You should check it out. Are you watching all the murder stuff on Lifetime too? 
no, bitch. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so on a lighter note, uh, Daytona's around the corner. There's just yeah, dude, the next couple months are going to be hectic, like hectic. Texas, Daytona, uh, yep. first year wedding anniversary in October. Like, yeah, baby. So I feel like there's uh, something in September going on that I can't remember either. I'm sure there is. I, uh, so us, us, uh, the fine folks of the Herpeticulture Network have been diligently and tirelessly trying to construct a feeding and maintenance chart, a card, if you will. It's already will made. Be... No, it's not. Not if you would see what I have. No. That we're going to be giving away for free at Daytona. Did you print them out on the thicker cardstock? I have not printed them out yet. They have just finished being constructed today. And for our wonderful viewers... They're expensive as shit. Nah, spare no expense here at the Herpiculture Network. Spare a little bit of expense. Here's the first one. Boom! Oh, look at that. Look at that. The Herpiculture Magazine. Is that magazine. what Billy, Billy wanted from me today? Well, uh, Billy wanted them from you because I was working and I made these on my cigarette breaks. So don't tell my employer. <laughs> um, first things first, we have the Herpeticulture Magazine one. You didn't even put the QR code so people could get to the get to the magazine. Uh, I don't have the QR code. Oh God! Look, I'm, folks, if this. you want something done right, just do it yourself. <sighs> Next up <laughs> is the Uobami reptiles. Oh damn, boy! I just went from six to midnight. How good does that look? Followed up by the Herpeticulture Network with no background. I actually like the Sharpie marker. If I, I take pride in that. Herpeticulture Network with the THP uh, uh, watermark. I think I think we're going to do this one and not the blank one. I think just because that one looks more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, so and, the, the backstory with those, because you asked me earlier, Luke sent me some of those when I got my conjures from him. Okay. And I liked him so much that I said, hey, send me the file. I guess the file originally was made by... Maybe it was Buddy Buscemi's spouse or John Irby. I can't exactly remember. Okay. Um, but then we, you know, we had Daytona. Like the first year we had Daytona, I printed out a bunch of them, brought them with me. Jeremy Turgeon ended up taking like all of them, and you go <laughs> you see pictures of his room. There's one of those cards on every single tub. It's just it looks like freaking wallpaper. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, no one's told me anything saying knock it well, off. Well, if someone if someone gets upset that we stole their template, I will cease and desist, and we'll just make a new one. No big deal. No they are no they fun. are very handy. Like I said, I get them yes. in a thicker cardstock. So because my hands are often wet, you know, from pulling yeah. mice out of water or whatever, and so they hold up really well to that uh, getting a little little soggy. So yeah, and but they're double sided, the, which is nice too. Well, the piece de resistance, if I may. Mm. The snakes and stokes. Hey. Nice. There it is. But those are nice because so, I, I I can fold I just fold them up when I sell a snake because they won't fit in a seven by seven box. I just right. I fold them up and stick them in there with the animal and it's got all the information you could want on it. Um, it's it's just the perfect amount of information, you know, everything you need to know in like a, a nice little package, 
Uh, and Vic asked, uh, what sizes do they come in? The ones that I have are a little bigger than maybe a five by seven. I don't know what so, size you have those at. So we're going to do two different batches. I don't know which design is going to be on which cardstock, but we're going to have a handful of half page. So a normal eight by 11 piece of paper, uh, will produce two of those half pages. Right. And then I have cardstock that is perforated four pages or so four to a page. So they'll be small. They'll be more like, uh, oh, geez, it'll be like uh, five by four, I think, or six by four. Smaller. Okay. Yeah. So, Johnny got uh, one with that, that pop when I sent him. So he knows what they're, he knows what's up. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we're going to have these and we're going to give them away at Daytona. And uh, it's going to be first come, first serve. We're going to try and ration it, you know, one or two per person just because we're going to have, you know, a lot of people come by the table, hopefully. And, uh, and yeah, just want to share my, uh, my artwork. So Irvin, who's here in the chat message me, and this is actually a good reminder, public service announcement to everyone on the East coast. It may affect the people in the Midwest and the West coast, but, uh, there was a cyber attack on one of the gas pipelines. Yes. And he said the East Coast pipeline and nothing uh, is going to be coming in for a hot minute. He said, so you might want to get gas ASAP. So just a reminder. Yep. If you do want one of these snakes and stogie shirts, you just you shoot our boy Billy Hunt at Uwabami Reptiles a message because he's our he's our director of merchandise. That's kind of the. I like it like that. I do like that. Co-publisher and director of merchandise. For THN, he makes them all himself, so they've been touched by the hand of Billy Hunt. Touched by the hunt. And he's a firefighter, so you know he's got like the the magic because he's saved kittens and babies from fires and out of yep. trees. 100%. How does it make you feel that you have one and I don't? <clears throat> really? Really, really. I didn't even know he was sending me one. I came home and there was a package for me. Waiting. It was a shirt and a bunch of stickers. So nice, nice. Uh, uh, I also got in for giveaway at Daytona the venomous etiquette video stickers. Hey. So I need Gendra to mail me their address because they want to do a sticker swap. Anyone else who wants to do a sticker swap, let me know. Um, I actually have a brand new sea serpents rack that I just got from my man Chris. And uh, I have nothing in it. I just wanted the extra real estate. So I need to fill the side of it with some awesome stickers. So anybody wants to do a sticker swap, uh, feel free to DM me on the Knobtails Instagram. And uh, yeah. And for those of you who are curious what that sticker looks like, I will show you if I can find it. Johnny, are you talking about shirts? Uh, yeah, I don't know what Billy has right now, but message him and see what he's got. I think he can do different colored vinyl. Uh, as far as the shirt color, I'm not sure exactly what he's what he's got on hand. Oh man, look at that hog nose! It's the best hog nose you ever seen. 
Venomous Etiquette videos, for those of you who are not already subscribing, I only have one video up. I was going to say, he's got stickers, but he ain't got the damn video. The next video is going to be so much better, I promise. I promise. And it will come soon. I've just been very busy with my well, day job. doing videos with the real Tarzan. Uh, yeah, dude. I did enjoy that, though. I I'm glad. That. I was I'm like, glad. look at Phil. And That's I got actually... that screenshot of your face. That's like the best <laughs> emoji ever. Nice. Great, great. The, uh, that's actually, uh, Mike's a, a wonderful individual and I know a lot of people get a poor taste in their mouth about some of the content that he puts out. Um, but the dude is as passionate as we are and he's been doing it a very long time. And I commend him because he has brought wildlife and herpetoculture to so many people that did not know it existed. And it, it's very easy to, sh to see that the majority of his followers and his subscribers and all that, they're not herpers. You know, they're, they're not animal people. They just think it's cool. And maybe some of them want to see him get hurt. Maybe some of them think he's just pretty. But all, if you look past a lot of the ham stuff and like a lot of the, the production pieces, if you will, uh, he's doing a great thing, man. He's bringing animals to the people and educating people. And even though it may be very, very layman for a lot of the people listening to this and or watching it, it's still nice to see it happen, to see it being happened, to see it being happened, being happening. I don't know. I can't talk tonight. I think I had a better sort of sort of appreciation if, you know, for that video in particular, if not sort of maybe in general with the fact that like he didn't make it wasn't about him like he was like Phil's the guy with all the nomenclature you know I don't know any of that stuff but here's the guy that does you know kind of the instead of yeah. trying to sort of make sure he's the one because you get like guys like Tom Cruise and stuff you know like they're never going to play the bad guy because they don't want to be right. they always want right. to be the hero kind of like that sort of pedestal yeah. sort of effect yeah. you know I like that that kind of wasn't there but yeah the um and, and I, I do think that Mike is he's as as outlandish as he can be and as colorful as he can be he's super humble and he really has come from i don't want to say he's come from nothing because that sounds insulting but he's really really worked real hard and he's hustled his ass off to get where he is now and the facility that he's building and the animals that he's keeping and he's doing fantastic work behind the scenes that doesn't get put on youtube that doesn't get put on instagram and it's only a matter of time before it does get to that point where he gets to show us what he's working on. And I think that when that does happen, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool. And he does, he does know more than he lets on. He is very modest. He is very humble. Um, snakes aren't his, his original, you know, foundation. He's a lizard guy. Um, Cyclora. And, what a nerd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cyclora for the most part, it's like his MO. Um, but he's got, he's got a lot of cool snakes, man. He's got an olive, which I think is awesome. Um, he's got a bunch Anybody, of chondros. He bought a coach whip that day. Yeah, he bought a coach whip. So that was um, somebody had had had. I'm pretty sure that was a wild caught animal that someone raised up, and I guess that maybe it was a kid that went to college or something, and it wound up back underground, and uh, and he wound up getting that because it's Florida native, and they're an amazing species that you don't ever see because let's face it, they're not the best pet snake. You know, they, they, they require a little more attention and they're a bit of a handful to handle and work with. But it's just cool to see, like, he doesn't just have X, Y and Z, you know, and he's not just talking about X, Y and Z. And that day when we were hanging out at the shop, 
you know, he he had just gotten back from the Galapagos, and he showed me all these pictures on his phone that he probably won't show on Instagram just because they're not like gram worthy. You know what I mean? And he's talking about these marine iguanas and the blue-footed boobies and mm-hmm. just and the people that he's interacting with and the seals and the well, seals or sea lions, I can't remember what they are, and and all the different shorebirds and you know he's talking so passionately about this stuff and it's not fake because he's known me for 15 years. He's not putting an act on, you know what I mean? He's, he's talking to his animal brother that we've been doing this our whole lives, you know, and just to see that passion. And it, it, and he's like, dude, I can't wait to post more of this Galapagos Island stuff because it's, it's, it's super cool. And of course he shows me the professional photos and it looks gorgeous, but he's talking about how, you know, they, uh, you know, they take a boat to a private beach and where all the marine iguanas are. And, you know, he, he asks, hey, you know, can we, can I just go for a walk? And he talks about how, you know, they give him permission to just walk on his own on the beach with no camera crew, no nobody. He's just by himself. And it's because deep down inside, as much as he is in the spotlight, in the limelight, what have you, he's one of us, man. He really is. So, yeah, he's done some stupid stuff in the past. Yeah, he's He's been a little goofy on 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 social media and, and probably done some things that we're all shaking our head at. But but I'm 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 happy to know that he's 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 still with the roots. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's a great group, right? Love the yeah. music. Dude, drummer's amazing. Quests. So yeah, and and Graham. Well, I mean, on that note too, I I watched uh, so. Lucas Masso, yeah, and Jeremy Turgeon were on Barcheck's podcast the other day. Oh, very cool. Um, and I actually watched most of it at work. I didn't end up finishing it um, because it was time to go home. Uh, but I actually, I, I actually enjoyed it. You know, I, I like, I've said that for a while. Like, yeah, am I Barcheck's business biggest fan? No, but when he's calm and normal for a better lack of a better word like i can i can get behind him a little more when he's just when he's him when he's him when he's not the persona and i like it's i just i i don't know i i liked the conversation was good you know when it's not over the top and stuff it's like i can get down with it yeah and dude kudos to lucas 95, yeah, 95 percent of the other stuff. I'm just like, this is too much. It's just, yeah, gross. Was that was that Lucas's first time doing something that big? I think so. Yeah, good for him, man. Good for him. Yeah, because he just had his first Condro clutch hatch. Uh, actually, I believe that's the first the first snakes he bred were these green trees. Awesome. And he had ten eggs and he had ten hatchlings, so he knocked it out of the park. He did really well. And oh yeah, I know everyone's super pumped for him. He's he's um, 16 now. Seventeen, I don't know. Some he's in that in that. I think he's sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good uh, stuff. I mean, all the babies look really good. Yeah, uh, you know. Yes, like free handle so certain unnamed persons collection. Yeah, we'll leave that one alone right now. <sighs> so. What is Vic saying about Christmas? He said, is it going to be like your Christmas story? Is what going to be like my Christmas story? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 
I think those corn eggs are going to hatch while we're gone, man, next month. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe you'll be like Billy and they'll hatch out a week early. I doubt it. Never say never, man. So what, I'll, what, I'll, probably, what I'll probably end up doing is I'll go ahead and set up tubs and then when they hatch, I'll have um, my dad come over and just set them up. Like, just put them in the bins and then... yeah. I'll label them when I get home and all that good stuff. So cool. It's nice that you have that ability. You know what I mean, yes. Your next video is it going to be like the Christmas story? Oh, way better, <laughs> way better. So we want more fake snow. We want more Phil in a robe with his well, camo uh, shorts. <laughs> Marcus and his his fiance, uh, they've already told me that they're decking the house out even more this coming Christmas specifically so we can do a couple nights of shooting for the Chris, for the Phil Christmas video. <laughs> so I swear to God, if I show up and there's live caribou, I'm going to cry. I'm just saying <laughs> all strewn so, together, attached to a sleigh. Even if there's just one dude, I'm like cuddling the fuck out of that caribou. Jeff asked, when uh when your boy is coming on the podcast who Tar- i forget his name his actual name oh my guess yeah that, um that guy that's in, that's in, that's entirely up to uh the board of executives at the herpeter culture network and uh we'll I'll, I'll send him a message and we'll, we'll figure it out i'll talk to justin and we'll arrange what I'm we can so weird about that stuff man because it's like a i don't want to Johnny says all snotty, crying, petting, and cuddling a caribou. Yeah. 110%. 110%. Ooh, would you imagine if the antlers were all velvety? Just. (laughs) I don't want to sell out, man. What's selling out? It's a caribou. Not the caribou. Oh, oh, Mike. Look, man, there, there is no selling out. We do us. We do things the Metallica way that we... Metallica sold out. <sighs> Metallica also made a fuckload of money, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like when you ask Lars Ulrich, how do you sleep at night? He goes, on a pile of cash. That's <laughs> what Jason Newsted still said. He's like, yeah, we sold out every single night of the week. <laughs> That's good. I didn't hear that one. That's good. Look, and here's the thing: we, we've, you and I have talked about having some controversial guests on here before, and I don't. Cons- I'll be honest; I don't consider Mike to be a controversial guest. But I also see how this network isn't necessarily about promoting what's already mainstream per se. It's about promoting the people that you know, the bolo stuff, and the private breeders, and the hobbyists, and the field herbers, and the scientists, and. You know, we try and keep the network as professional and as fun as we can. Um, but I don't think certain individuals would be a hindrance. But I could see where there would be skepticism about it. You know? And maybe we save those for the pre-recorded ones, you know, just in case. So but we'll talk about it. We'll see what happens. The future is in our hands. I have no idea who said that, but it sounded good at the time. Jeff said he'd think he'd be good and it would help promote the podcast. 
crazy. And that's always kind of been my thing is like when podcasts get these guys with just the massive followings and stuff, it's like, is it a, is it a grab? Yeah. But you look at it this way. If, if, if the network gained a million followers, it, it doesn't matter who stays or who goes because our content will still be the same. You know, we're not going to all of a sudden start, you know, doing energy drink commercials for booty sweat. You know I what I'm saying? Energy drink commercials for bang. So you'd sell it for bang, but you, I love bang. Who doesn't love bang? Come on. I got another we'll one on the fridge. We'll, I want to, I want to rip open. That'd be my fifth of the day. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll hash it out. We'll talk about it. We'll figure 1500 something. grams of caffeine. Oh, those, those amino acids just pumping through your soul. So yeah, I don't know. It's just man, I don't. It's one of those things where I just feel. I don't know. I'd feel weird like watching a Rob Zombie movie. I gotta go take a shower afterwards. What? Just, I didn't, I, what? What? Huh? Uh. I don't. I, I don't know how to explain it. I just. There's nothing to explain, man. I got you. I understand. I don't... We don't have to make a decision right now. We're live with people. Peoples. So I'm not getting my beaded now. Yes. Yes. I was going to bring that up to you. I was going to ask that. Oh, here we go. Henry's getting all, all hypothetical on us. If Steve Irwin wanted to come on, you wouldn't want his free handling ass. It's got a point, man. That's a tough one. It's got a point. I don't know. Ten-year-old me would be all about it. Thirty-year-old yeah. me is kind of like, eh. yeah. See, I mean, Christina said it. She's, I don't know. Clint's lost some brownie points with a few of his his co-ops in her point of view. So, I don't know. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny I love Barry. that video. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving this because my Hummer's in the shop. <laughs> oh, that's a freaking great video. Uh, yeah, What's up I with think the perps, man. The perps—they're alive. <laughs> are you are you getting babies out of them? No, no? I uh, I try to pair them, and uh, I had it. So the cool thing about you know, uh, equatorial tremersorous is their window of opportunity for breeding is very large. Um, and I tried to pair up a couple different sets and it wasn't going so well. And I really think that the females are too small. I think they need to get more mass on them. I think they need to be a little larger. I've had them in captivity, uh, two years now. Um, yeah. Wow. Two, is it two years? Yeah. I think it's, yeah. Wow. Two years. Um, and they're doing they're doing good, um, but again, dude, like as much as I want to breed stuff, like I'm in no rush. So if they're not ready, then I'll leave it alone. You know, I was keeping a male and a female together to try and see if one night I just happened to stroll in on some, you know, booty touching. Um, not the case. Uh, it basically was a classic example of Jack of the Box. So I'm just leaving them be for now, and we'll see what happens. I'm totally convinced my squams are is a pair of girls uh, because they just get bigger and fatter and don't breed. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, everything else, man, is, is baby. The ring calls are doing good. The, uh, 
the female ate. The male refused, which I think was interesting, but he doesn't look like he's losing weight or anything. So I'll probably give him a smaller item this week and kind of go from there. Um, I got all the materials for those enclosures I was talking about. And uh, I really think that I'm going to take all of y'all's advice and do more spray foam stuff. Um, and talking with uh, Meekers about uh, doing like the, the, the ceramic dishes and stuff like that. And I really think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to take your idea of the cardboard, right? And then I'm going to buy one of those, uh, those classic uh, gray with the blue interior ceramic bowls that we all have, we all know and love. Because I think that will be heavy enough to support the weight, but not but still be light enough. I can pick it up with hemostats, you know? And I'm basically going to put that, I'm going to spray a little foam, put that down, put the deli cup in it uh, with the cooking oil, right, just in case, and then spray foam that bowl, like, inside the, the rock. You know what I mean? And that way, I'll have the bowl to fit the deli cup. It'll be blue on the inside and not whatever color the foam is, you know? And I think it'll look good. We need to have Bill back on. We do. Very much. Every time I see Bill on Facebook or on here, I'm like, man, we need to have Bill on again. We do, man. He's a wonderful human. I Henry thoroughly too. enjoy him. Henry, too. And, and hey, Bill, uh, how much was that Zupoxy stuff, if you don't mind me asking? I heard it's expensive as shit. I don't... <laughs> that's what Marcus used when we did a lot of the enclosures at the uh, institution in Miami. And man, they were buying it by like the five gallon bucket. And I don't even know how much that was crazy. It's a little different when it's on somebody else's dime. Yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. Need to find a girlfriend for the tannin bar, man. You do. You do. Make it so. <laughs> in uh in seven or eight months, I couldn't snap my fingers and make it happen. <laughs> Maybe this year will be a little different. Maybe 2021, I'll find him a girlfriend. Who knows? But uh <clears throat> Henry says that Marcus said it was very expensive. Bill says it was $165 for his kit. It was a 10, so a 10 gallon kit is $600. That's your five gallon buckets, one bucket per part. Wow. But it's worth it. It's worth it. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. Sorry for clearing my throat in your guys' ear. Um, I'm excited. Uh, at the end of the month, I will be visiting Billy Hunt. I will be uh, delivering some some caging and stuff to him. And uh, he's got so many eggs in the incubator. It is so fantastic. He's got the Nova Guineas. He's got some coastal stuff. He just had a, sh a clutch of striped uh, jungles. The Morelli is going hard. And uh, I'm pretty sure he has a clutch of granite spotteds as well. Um as well as I think some pop ones. I, I can't remember. There's just, there's just so many eggs he's got going cooking right now. So uh, he's actually working tonight. We we're going to try and have him come on tonight as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to, because a couple of his clutches should be hatching when I go visit him. 
in that ballpark. So I'm kind of hoping that I'll get to be there to watch him hatch. You know, that's phenomenal. And uh, I've actually never been there in person to watch a snake emerge from an egg. I've been there for live birth, but I've never been there to watch it actually come out of the egg. So. Man, I can't wait for these Baird's eggs. Those might hatch around in the time we're gone, too. Those eggs are like, I don't know that I've ever seen eggs that look as perfect as those. That's awesome. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, just to, just not to harp on my enclosure, but uh, I really love going to the Hobby Lobby, man. Hobby Lobby has some of the nicest fake plants you'll ever find. And it's it's not cheap by any means, um, but the quality, the, the, the rubber textures, the silicone textures, even the silk stuff, the quality is just, it's tip top for craft plants. You know what I mean? Um, so I see so much potential, you know? And what I found myself doing is when I'm looking, because I really want to start redoing all my enclosures and getting... Uh, lighting all together and stuff. And I bought a bunch of timers so that I can get the cycles correct and everything. Um, and I'm walking around Hobby Lobby with my cell phone and I have all these pictures of land landscape photography, essentially, uh, of all these different localities from around the world, you know, uh, uh, Ethiopia and you know, Transvaal and uh, Straits of Malacca and Sumatra and uh, pictures of the outback you know Uluru, and like i'm just walking on hobby lobby P people think i'm freaking nuts because i don't look like i belong in a hobby lobby you know what i mean and i'm only in the plant section and i'm picking out the most obscure stuff they have an entire aisle of miniature fake cacti and there i now i'm looking at the picture i'm like oh my god that people fake, love cactus, fake cacti man yeah they do i'm like that fake cactus is in this photo and then I'm like, what is the name of that? And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, I have to Google that. And now I'm Googling cactus species. Because, like, I don't know anything about plants. I kill them really well. Um, <laughs> so, and if Billy listens to this, the pothos is doing well. Don't freak out. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think that doing that is another hobby into itself. And now I, I'm kind of seeing what all these plant people like about it. I just can't get into stuff that actually is alive you know what i mean yeah i'm i really want to get so in that big habitat systems rack and the smaller rack that the condors are in i really i had some some pothos cuttings in the water bowls but they weren't really growing um but i do want to pick up so the one in the the tannin bark cage is like exploding it's getting almost out of hand um, but I do want to grab another one of those pothos plants, split it up, and try and get some of that uh, growing in the uh, in those tubs and stuff. Which, when I was cleaning chondros today, some of those smaller ones, like the two that I have from Luke, they're almost to the point now where I could probably bump them up into those cambros if I wanted to. Cool. Um, but kind of what so what's interesting too is I have that male bioc that that I've talked about previously. That every time I move it, it just shuts down yeah so i moved him into a cambro tub right you know how i was talking last week about how i might have to move him back yeah that fool stayed grounded under the pad 
since I put them in that rack. So that's almost like a month. And just within the last couple of days, he's gone back to perching and then he ate today. So sometimes I think they just need time to kind of figure, like, do some soul searching and figure out exactly. <laughs> Someone dying? Someone's getting shot. Scarline. Oh. Yeah. So I apparently he he figured out whatever he needed to figure out because he's he's back to normal now. So cool, man. Pretty Glad much I pretty much just ignored him, man. I just let him be. I'm like, figure it out. And that's exactly what he did. So Nice, good. And Jennifer Strickland said, I just spent almost $100 on Michaels on fake plants. It's very addictive. There you go. There you go. See, and I thought about going, because I there's those ferns from Walmart that I like so much that are like five bucks for a big bundle of them. That, yeah, the, 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 the infamous Walmart fern. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've thought about using that in some conjure cages, but I really think the, uh, the pothos helps overall with like humidity and stuff, so... Yeah. Go that route and that that habitat systems rack has the lights in it like the led has right. literally bulb saw like screw in bulbs on each level on their leds nice i want to get some cooler ones though the ones i have are kind of warm and i don't really like warm you mean like, color wise color the, the, the white balance yeah. yeah i like calvin's two like colors rather than yeah i agree i agree the um uh the rack with the promoculatus in it uh, when Sean built that, he asked me, he's like, hey, what Calvin do you want? I said, I don't know the exact tone or the tint, but I prefer like a cool blue color. Um, but I, just going back to the ferns, I think that, and again, I don't keep chondros, so what the hell do I know? But I feel like those bushy fake ferns would not be conducive to the chondros uh, concealment. Concealment. I feel like they would almost sit on top of it opposed to in it. While it's like the pothos is very widely, the leaves are widely, you know, arranged. There's more, there's more visualness that they could see through the foliage. I feel like that would be a better suited plant for them, especially in the tub setting. Um, but again, what, what do I know? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think they like, if you have it to where it's mounted to the side and kind of there's like a visual barrier, like there's a, a yeah. back side of the fern on the perch and then a front side, like they'd, right. they'd take advantage of staying out and back there. Cause I know Brahms has used some fake plants in his and they seem to enjoy uh, or taking advantage of that cover and they'll kind of tuck themselves back behind it. Yeah. So. I had a, I had fake, um, what's the, uh, I want to say it's a type of pothos, but it's like, it's variegated, but it's red. Like the variegation is red opposed to green. You would. Anyway, I had that with the uh, uh, Cynodon, and that thing loved to slither in between it, you know, like in intertwine itself. And I think that also had to do with that cryptic camouflage that it has. You know, it, it knew that that plant was cryptic on its own, and it slithered within that plant. And uh, Erica says that she loves those ferns, too. And I was going to ask, Erica, do you ever have, like, a chewy sit on the, the backside of, like, a thick stack of ferns, or are they always on something that's more stable? Because, like, I, I've never seen, like, maybe I've seen Garandas do it. But like, a lot of those arboreal geckos, like, even the small, like, uh, William's Eye and stuff, I, they, I always feel like they would love to get on the backside of those ferns, and, the, and I just never see it, you know? I don't know. I'm of the opinion that any cover is good cover. Yeah. 
but with that male Bioc, I was like, all right, dude, I'm I'm tired of playing this game. It's sink or swim. Like you either you either get with the program or you don't. Um <laughs> we don't negotiate with terrorists. Right. Right. And I was assist feeding uh some of the cyania earlier and I I got a little little nibble on the thumb. Oh yeah. And uh it was it's it's a little sore. Really? So it's pretty interesting. Like it felt a little odd. Like it didn't like hurt, it just felt a little more sensitive. Okay. And it and it it ached and was a little sore, but it I don't know. So I may have gotten a little so taste. Almost like you uh stubbed your toe opposed to smacking it with a ball peen hammer. Um yeah. Yeah. Stub the toe. Not even. Good. I mean I've even that that's a bit extreme. Okay. okay. But all right. Interesting. I've figured out that cyan if you kind of like because what I'll do is what I did with like the condors when I'm assist feeding. So I have the tail or the body in this hand. Mm-hmm. And I like I have them resting on this hand, right? And so I sort of I'll, I'll position my hands like this and I'll pull them back so that it's not me creeping up on them, you know, with this yeah. hand, it's pulling them back naturally. Right. But they figure out real quick, oh, there's something near my head and they just whip around. And this one just, I mean, you can't even see the mark, but yeah, well, maybe you can, that little pinpoint. Mm hmm. Right there. Yeah. So <clears throat> that one got me good. Dude, there's one in that clutch that is extra smart. Like, I swear to God, this one has figured out the tricks and it's the feistiest one of the bunch. Like, every time I got to do number six, I'm like, you know, here we go. This this dude's, he's serious. Like, when he when he's ready to go, he's, he don't play. You haven't even thought about doing the uh, the sponge technique like they do with Baby Venomous? No, what I've been doing now actually is I take a, a glass cigar tube like this mm-hmm. and I basically tube them. Oh, good. So I do the same thing where I have them go in the tube and then I pull up like I have my my hand right here at the, at the front mm-hmm. and I'll just pull them. And then when I get close to the head, like at that neck part, I'll just slide them out and, and pin them and then put a tail in them. So. Okay, cool. Cigar tubes, I saved them because I, I was saving them when I was dealing with dart frogs because it's a really good way to ship dart frogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, ideally, the plastic ones and not the glass ones because glass, glass breaks. Not plastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have a bunch of those little little tubes and those come in handy for that kind of cool. stuff. Erica answered me. She said that the chewies will rest on the ferns, but leeches don't. And I, I think that makes sense. They're a little more heavy body, you know. Um. And uh, Jason says he got grabbed by his three-foot blood python last week, and that was not fun. I can only imagine. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I did something really stupid a long time ago. I used to keep a lot of scorpions, a lot. Almost everything was in the booth that I genus, g- genus, excuse me. And uh, I had a, like, third or fourth instar androctonus bicolor, which is one of the most spicy scorpions on the planet. And I, he was in his little deli cup and there was like a cricket or whatever. And I, and I wanted to take the cricket out with my fingers. I should have been using hemostats or tweezers and I wasn't. And I took my middle finger and I just tapped him on the tail. Right. And he swung that Telson back straight back. And that Telson drove right in my cuticle. And I went out like that. 
and that's when like you have that moment. I don't know if many people have that moment, but you almost it's like in the movies where you hear like you hear that audible tone like ooh, you know, and like everything's just like whoa, shit just got real, and I was like okay, and I called a bug expert friend of mine, and I said hey man, I just got whacked in the middle finger by a third instar bicolor, and he's like. Hadogenus? And I was like, Androctonus. He's like, dude, why are, why are you on the phone with me? Get, get out of there. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm, I'm all right, man. Like, it doesn't hurt yet. And uh, my finger, it got hot, and my whole hand went numb. Like, pins and needles. You got, you just got a little numb. Right? Little, little taste. Got a little taste. I got just a, just a, just a free sample. And uh, the warmth, like, and I don't mean fire, like, like heat. I mean the warmth, you know, went up into like my wrist, and after about 30, 40 minutes, it all went away. So I think it was because of the size of the scorpion. Is uh, yeah, starting star isn't tiny, but it's also not full grown. Exactly, exactly, and uh, it was it, anything, was third, it was third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. anything in that that genus. Yeah. I don't think it matters what size it is. It's yeah. gonna you're gonna feel it. Yeah, and and you know most scorpions, uh, the the venom is binary, you know, and they they can select one yeah, or yeah. both. And I'm wondering if maybe I only got one of those toxins, or maybe I got residual inside the inside the stinger itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's to know? I mean, there and there was no there was no blood, there was no venom on my finger, there was nothing. It was just. It was just a boop real quick. And uh, I won't ever do that ever again. Yeah, I dodged a bullet on that one, buddy. Well, in hindsight, if it was a grown scorpion, I probably wouldn't have done the finger thing anyway. You know what I mean? I do love Androntonus, though. Those are such cool, cool scorpions. I know. Little tanks, awesome. man. Tanks. So. Like, literally, like, those things are freaking built, man. They're, like, yeah. armored to the freaking yeah. front to back. And, hey, the uh, the bicolor I gave you, that died, right? Yes. And then, but did the gracilis die? Yes. Okay. Yeah, who knows how old the gracilis was, man. That thing was, could have been 10 years old for all we know. Uh, Bill asks, it's probably too soon, but since no beaded's, am I going back to darts or am I just going to let there be some open space for a while? You know, since all the tanks and stuff are gone, I love darts. I was getting really so. One of the main reasons I got at them in the first place was I was just really frustrated with fruit fly cultures. Uh, it seemed like every time I bought a new batch of them, they were crashing and they weren't weren't surviving. And so I was having to drop like forty dollars constantly on new cultures, and they were just crashing and crashing and crashing for no reason. Um, and I eventually just got tired of it. And I know my buddy Reed was, you know, we had talked about trading some at some point. And I just told him I was like, you know, take take everything just and it was a space thing too that was that was the most uh the biggest factor was you know i had i had space in my room uh that i needed and frogs were taking up almost a half a wall of that which i mean the walls aren't very big but i needed it and so it was just one of those things where it was just they they it was time you know i just one of those things you know where you you get excited about something and you keep it. And then after a while, you're like, I kind of just want to go back to snakes. Hmm. 
Well, I was doing Springtails too. I just, I don't know. It just, I, I had a lot of, I went from one tank to a lot of tanks and eventually it just got, you know, with the magazine and everything else, it was just like, I, I need to stick to, to snakes. AST. What's that? I'm not good with acronyms. Uh, Christina said, I was mucking around with some baby heterometrists, heterometrists, like the size of your thumbnail, and one barely grazed my thumb, and I didn't think much of it because they aren't spicy. 30 minutes later, my heart rate went berserk. Uh, yeah. I had a baby uh, alligator snapping turtle. Ah, man, that's another one. You know, I just, space eventually will be a problem. And I was doing some reading on them too. And someone was, I was reading something that said they needed like water flow. Like they couldn't just have standing water. Like they had to have fresh flowing, but I don't know how accurate that was. That kind of turned me off. Cause it was like, I don't know. <sighs> I am eventually planning on, uh, getting some of those there's some racks that black box has because i don't know if you played with the black box racks at daytona last year at all boy the tubs on those things are like the action they're so smooth it was like it was like it was it was floating it was like it was on a on a nice layer of butter and it just well on that new that new caesar rack i got i had never seen this before and maybe i'm just not paying attention but i got the rack home and I'm looking at it, and there's these metal. <laughs> it looks like the trim tab on a boat. There are these metal flaps that are in the back of the rack, the back of each drawer. And I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And I'm touching it, and it's like a super thin aluminum, and it's held on there with like a metallic tape. And I'm like, "Why is this? What the hell is this?" I'm thinking maybe it's like a shipping thing or something. So I text Chris because I'm I'm stupid. I don't know. I text Chris and I'm like, "Hey man, uh, maybe I'm a moron, but what's with the metal flaps? It's a protective aluminum panel that shields the tub from direct contact with the heat tape, and it also helps. So when you slide the drawer in, it just goes up that ramp and holds the plate down. I thought it was brilliant." I never seen that before. So feel free to call me a moron. Yeah, that's I mean that's definitely why I prefer back heat over belly heat. It's just that constant friction, you know. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, I mean that's anything. When you have friction like that day in, day out, eventually it's gonna wear, you know. You and your Fiji bottles. This one got the pink lemonade tonight. Nice. I do love those Fiji bottles, man. They're amazing. I am surprised at how inexpensive alligator snappers have gotten, though. Like, for some reason, I thought those used to be ungodly expensive. No, I don't know. No? no. I don't know. There was someone local to me selling one on Craigslist for, like, 75 bucks. I was very tempted. It was a small one. At least you can have them. Knock on wood. Well, I got an argument with Fish and Wildlife, and I wound up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no more turtles for Phil. 
of course, the one turtle that I would keep, which would be Diamondbacks, like now they're trying to regulate those two in Florida, which is crazy because the only one that's actually protected is only found in a small population north of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it just whatever, man. Let, let's not I get back on the legislation. Dude, spotters are cool, man. I can get behind the spotters. So cool. And I really like Hamilton. I. And I remember, I was just, who was I talking to? I was just talking to somebody about this, how, like, 10 years ago, Hamilton and I were, like, a $5,000 turtle because of, you know, Lacey Act and all that stuff. Now in Florida, they're, like, 150 bucks. I think I think Wayne sells them for, like, 180 bucks, 150 bucks. Crazy. I'm going to do egg eaters, but I'm not going I need to see if I can get quail eggs readily. Yeah, uh, you'd be surprised where you can find them. I'm sure Publix has some. Well, I forgot you guys have Publix up there. We have one. We're about to have a second one. We're building another one. On the other side of town. Awesome. Looking on Morph Market at some green trees. Henry just sent me a picture, and I just asked if I have permission to share it. Dude. And now we are sharing it. Am I going crazy and thinking that, like, condo prices are getting out of hand for for some of these? Of course they are, but it's it's a commodity, man. Supply and demand. You know? I, just, I look at some of these for sale and I'm like, what possesses you to put that price tag on that? But So, that's Henry. Henry is, I believe, he's in the yellow at me. 5'8", maybe? Midget. <laughs> and uh, the ceiling is nine foot even so assuming that you have some stretch in that skin looks like mangoes pushing maybe seven and a half eight ish right let's get Hobbits up there of a feather flock together <laughs> by the way it was a great great photo yeah man that snake seems like it's growing stupid fast yeah man dude it's, it's like six seven foot in the first year it's crazy you know? So, see, I want some some bamboo rats too. But after talking to Matt and Doctor Messenger, I'm like, I because crosses are so common, especially with the like the cocci and stuff. Right, right. It's like, how do you know what you get is actually what you have? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and what's funny is like, I remember some years back when they were just becoming popular and they were still pricey. You know, I, what do they go for now? Um, like anywhere between 200 and 400, I think. Okay. Yeah, what looking at. Yeah. I think they were, they were probably between like four and six back when I was talking about them. Um, they were very specific and they looked very different. And I feel like now they're starting to look the same. You know what I mean? 
And like, that's, that's depressing to a certain degree. I want some mandarins too. But my issue now is like, I'm, I'm looking at like my ambient in my room stays pretty, pretty warm now. Yep. Yep. And I can't really keep it in my closet because my closet is now starting to get warm because it's summer and it doesn't have HVAC in there, which makes me a concerned about the incubator. And so I'm checking my Govi a little more regularly now to see how warm it's getting in the chamber itself. Um, let's see. Bob Evans said Bob Evans said the Condro that he got one two or three years ago is now apparently worth three times what he paid for them. Yeah. Seems to be sort of the 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 theme is closer you get to a breedable agent size, the higher the value goes on condros, especially. Yeah, and I think that the whole ambient room thing is uh, is something that we've really never thought about in the past. And now that we know what we know and we keep the way we keep, I think it really is conducive to try and keep things in the same temperature realm. Um, that's not to say that you can't do it. I mean, have yourself a montane room, God bless. But like if somebody offered me, you know, fees vipers, I probably would decline right now because I don't have a way to keep them cool enough, you know? Um, yeah, Matt's the one I'm talking about. Like, talk to Matt most enough. Yeah. His influence is strong. Dude. <laughs> and I see his pictures every day, man. The dude's just killing He's got a YouTube it. channel now. Yeah, he does. I watched uh, one of the videos either yesterday or this morning. I forget, but. Awesome. Could do another guy have on all uh, the time if I could. Did, uh, does Mike Cuppins have any eggs in the, in the incubator this year? Uh, I know he was pairing some chondros, but I don't think he does right now. Yeah, see, and Jason says, you know, he keeps his cocci in the bedroom, no heat or anything, and they do just fine. They like it in the low 70s, but my room, I mean, we're looking at like upper 70s, low 80s, ambient in the middle of the day. Yeah, but would Katie be upset if you put, you know, a, a 20 long in the bedroom with the cocci? Yes. I got you. I was pushing my luck with having like two of the small exoterras with thumbnails on the dresser. <laughs> Even though I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Auction. For this yes. month, yes, or raffle rather. Uh, so Chris has another one of these bad boys to put up these cigar stands. Hell yeah, some more, some more of those. Uh, uh, my father judges, excellent. And um, I'm gonna get another. So we have these little kits that we got, it's a box of, of 20. Um, but it was for like a, one of the, a couple of the companies got together and do these lockdown events where they, you bought this box of 20 and it came with a raffle ticket. The raffles long over and done with, but we still have some of these kids. So I was thinking about buying one of those, um, sure. and having that as the raffle. I've even contemplated putting up a pair of beards. Whoa. Maybe. Whoa. So we have, there's an RPI event happening before Daytona. 
that's going to be like conservation auction fundraiser thing. I've already signed up to put a pair of bears up there. Um, and then for the get buzz for buzz tails, I actually did a $150 voucher for Palmetto coast stuff. Cool. So, um, we'll see. I haven't like, the thing is like, if we have people that are there and they, they're there for the snakes, they want the snakes. We have people that are there for the stogies. They want the stogies. So maybe do like three, like we do three drawings and then whoever gets that first drawing gets their pick of the three, you know, prizes or whatever. Um, I don't know, okay. but at the same time, like I haven't hatched the beards out yet, so I try not to count right. my my snakes before they hatch, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, but by then, hopefully, they they will have with that RPI event thing at least. So. Cool, man. We'll yeah, see. I got the uh, I got the email for the dare I say itinerary thing from Pia. Um, mm -hmm. I got to go through it. I, I've just been so swamped with work, man. I, I haven't had a chance to do it, but uh, I am, I am very uh, honored to be a part of it. So I'm excited. And then you and I have to figure out how we're going to choreograph that. If you and I are just going to just go to the Bartolini's instead of me coming up to you that, mm -hmm. that, that Thursday, you know, I want to do both, man. I know. I know. I know. But if, I mean, if we're hands-on with this thing, I kind of feel like we should be there. Yeah, well, we have to be. We have to be there. I was also thinking about this, too, is just looking at the calendar. Um, let me check my schedule. <clears throat> so... So, yeah, I will be... I can be at the Bartolini's on the Wednesday if need be. Um, but I don't go back to work till the following Thursday. So I could, in theory, still come up to you after Daytona. We can play it by ear, you know? I mean, that's um, up to you. You're the one who has to do the stupid long drive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it would be one of these things where, like, after Daytona, just go straight to your house kind of thing. But we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good event. Um, whether people attend in person or people attend on the interwebs, uh, I think it's a good chance to raise a lot of good money for a lot of good organizations. So, uh, and if there's anybody who has something they want to add to the auction, be it you know a voucher for your you know whatever you have for sale in the coming months, um, shirts, whatever, you know, let us know. Because yeah. I mean, even for the get buzz for Buzztails thing, I think they're still looking for stuff. So, like the auctions are live there, but um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna need some stuff. We're not trying to do like a blowout, you know, and have like two hundred items like we had with Southeast Carpet Fest. Um, but you know, a decent amount still. Like, I don't want to just do like five things. I'd like to have yeah, yeah, you know, make it make it make it good. Sure, sure, hundred percent. I actually, uh, I was talking to Billy about shirts and everything this morning. So uh, what I'll do is, uh, I was trying to think of something that I could donate for the RPI event. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'll put together a package of the Nefers Initiative, the Snakes and Stogies, and the THN. And uh, we'll do all three shirts in one bundle. With a bunch of vinyl decals. And, yeah. 
Yeah. So, and with the raffle for the snakes and stogies raffle this month, all we also have we have some snakes and with this this design we have decals. So obviously, you know, some of those will be thrown in too. So cool. Yeah. So it'll be good, man. I'm excited. You've been watching Cody's videos of them making the, the crock bonds. Mm-hmm. Dude. I'm I excited to it. see that, man. Because I'm I'm so the plan is I've been trying to actually coordinate this for long for a couple months now is doing like a feature article on the magazine on them and and that but they want to wait until they're you know all that stuff is done so that can be oh, of course of course um because i'll i mean i'll jet down there and take pictures myself and everything you know right right uh <clears throat> who knows what we'll do as far as like the cover goes so the thing that we did with mike clarkson on the cover of the the issue before last that was kind of a we did that as kind of a test to see if that changed anything, you know, if that garnered any more interest in that in particular, because there was someone in the, in the industry on the cover. Right. Um, or if maybe we should just stick to animals. Like we were kind of playing around with things a little bit and trying, trying some stuff. Um, so I don't know if that's what I'll do with the RPI thing or not, but yeah, um, who knows, man, you might get a, you might get a, a bomb ass photograph of a, you know, Bothriacus and that goes up there. Who knows? Well, Play it's player. nice because I've I've been down there enough times and I'm I'm pretty much cool enough with them now too that you know they they're like take pictures of whatever you want you know obviously I'm not opening cages to you know bothrops or anything like that or anything crazy <laughs> but yeah. like the smaller stuff you know I can open up and take some pictures and yeah do what I need to do and be done so hey there's my cuppins Mike hey, he know if you have any eggs in the incubator he must have his ears were ringing. He wants to know if you got a bun in the oven, or a whole clutch of them. What's what, dude? Isn't it crazy how like we're so interactive with our friends and followers and listeners? Like we're just talking about Mike, and then boop, there he goes. Hey, what's up, everybody? Like that's just great feeling. Great feeling. Love all you guys, especially Mike and all of his fish that he tries to shove into Fiji bottles. Yeah, you. Yeah, that damn, you, bro. that damn Jason Keller. Oh, dude, that damn Jason Keller. Will you please breed those freaking cobras already? I got money burning a hole in my pocket, pal. We need to get him on the show. We do. We do. Who's uh who's on Thursday? I have to talk and see if Roy is still free. If not, we may have to find someone on the fly. Okay. Okay. Maybe I have Bill again. Maybe Bill again. Full yeah. snake eggs, not his. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Hey, um, it, it, it's it's something, right? You know, um, Bill, are you still there? Uh, join us. On the dark side. We'll just be on standby in case. Like, I'll talk to Roy tomorrow, and see. And if not, then we'll go from there. I've put so. Let me. I'll go ahead and and, and ask. A, you, and the people that join us week to week, and the people that listen to the show, uh, given all the network action that's been going on, you know, with NPR and stuff, there have been times where I've contemplated proposing to our, our very good friend, Bill Bradley, um, about adding Lizard Brain to THN, if he's so interested. My vote would be to ask him. I'm for it. Just saying. 
I think it, it would bring another beautiful dynamic to our network. He says he needs him some Indian pond turtles and some paddocks. Kodox? <laughs> well, uh, let me know when you want the... Uh, What's the, a podoc? The, Not paddock, I, right? I have no idea what podocs are. But the Hamiltoni, if you're ready, let me know. <clears throat> I'll see if I can get some through the pipeline legitimately across state lines. <laughs> I guess, I mean, if Bill's Bill's open to it, he can message me. We could talk about it. But I think the, yeah. only, the only sort of hurdle is like the logistics of file sending and getting that done and uploaded and, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I and, just, uh, I don't know. Like the, the network thing's getting, it's getting crazy, especially in the, over there in the NPR world, man. Burke's like put in a freaking overdrive yes yes doing a hell of a job and for those of you who did not listen to the field herbing podcast you Dude, need to. awesome so good you, you need to listen to it because there are certain segments narrated by yours truly like he sent me the teaser for that like a couple weeks before it went out and i was like glued to it and so when it just ended i was like I was confused. Like I, I was like, did it, is it, is the file broken? Did it like, is it buffering? Like what's going on? <laughs> and I played it back. Like I went back like 30 seconds to see maybe that would help it along. And that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. It was like 26 minutes. And I was like, yeah. fuck man. I was like really into it. And I'm like laying in yeah. bed, like listen to it. Like, man, this is, this is crazy. Dude, like, like, it's like shit. I want to see the whole thing. We love, we love fangirling over Iper and like his segment is just so good. And dude, what got me was because like I knew what the segments were because I was obviously I was narrating a lot of it. And when, when you hear that, that Western music come on, like that Spanish guitar, and I was like, oh my God, it's Jake's segment. Oh my God, it's Jake's segment. Oh my God. And like the cowboy music intensifies and then you hear Jake telling his part. Oh man. Yeah, man. That was that was so good, so good. Yeah, Burke hit it out of the park, man. I mean, hey, God bless him. He puts so much more work into those shows than I do any of the things we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, and like people don't realize this, but that that field herping podcast, that one episode, it took him a very very long time to choreograph that episode, and you can definitely hear it in the show. You can hear how it was it was choreographed appropriately. It took time. It took passion. And he puts a ton. I don't think people really get fully. I mean, maybe I understand yeah. it more and have a better appreciation for it because I know what all is involved in having to right. go through and cut and move and adjust. And like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm too lazy for that shit. I'm not even going to lie. Like, yeah, the reason I don't edit these podcasts is because I hate there's nothing more tedious and going through and having to listen to an entire like two and a half hour conversation you just had and cutting out three second pauses, five second pauses, moving them all. Yeah. Just, it, it, just, just, I'm, I'm sorry. Like it's just not yeah. happening. He, uh, he sent me a screenshot when he was editing pieces. And again, it's just audio. It's no video, but you can see the scrubber bar, right? And he has all the levels of the scrubber bar. And dude, there was like, 15 lines yeah and i was like holy crap like because it's just like it, it, it was just literally him just holding the phone up just going like of the computer screen and man like i, I give him mad props 
I'm mad props. Like, like I said, I, I couldn't do it. I ain't do. I think I'll do it if it's something that needs to go. Like if it's a like the intro, like the first five minutes of this is nothing but silence or the the music that has now been flagged for copyright on the last past couple episodes. Is it really? Um, yeah, that's why I made it silent this time because I keep getting this little notification. It's like flagged for copyright. It's not gonna do it. It just can't be monetized, which is fine because I don't qualify for monetization anyways. So I don't give right, a shit. Right. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I thought I made that it music, silent now. I thought that music was royalty free. I thought so too. It was on Canva, so interesting. Not. And you pay for Canva, so that's I do. Did you use Canva to make that? Yep. So then that's horseshit. Yeah. It could be. I mean, it's probably it's probably YouTube. It ain't even any other any other party. It's just YouTube who's like, yeah, we don't. This you can't do this. So yeah, whatever. But that I cut out. You know, and I literally, like, I just slap on the intro, slap on the outro just for the THP episodes. This one just has an intro, but I want to redo the intro. And I want to get, like, a legitimate intro. I got you. I got you. I want to yeah, get some, I want to pay someone on Fiverr to do, like, a, a voiceover thing or something. Something different from THP, so it's just, you know. Well, what, do you, what do you want, man? I mean, shit, I'll make it. What do you want? No, it's got to be someone else. It's got to be a different voice. Third party. Okay, well, so we'll get someone. I'll pay someone on Fiverr. Some stranger. Cheap. No, we'll do. We'll get Jeff and Kendra to say exactly the same sentence and we'll hybridize it so it'll be Gendra. See, that we kind of have to do now. It's like Mothra, but <laughs> scarier. Gendra! Ah! Yeah. But I finished the, uh, I, I finally finished the Venomous Etiquette video intro, and it does not sound and look like it was clipped out of Schindler's List, and everyone <laughs> split their wrists while they listened to it. Um, I'm pleased with it. So part of me wants to show it off, but the other part of me doesn't. I want to just keep it, you know? But, but yeah, the new intro I, I think is good. So. Uh, Bill asked, are we trying to compete with NPR since they added the monitor podcast? No. No. I just, I like Bill, and I want to get Bill's show in, in, you know. More people's ears. More, give it, you know, give it the springboard, man. Yeah. Plus. 110%. I'm, I, I'm not much of a lizard guy. I have my, my handful that I like that I've kept in the past, but for the most part, I'm. You know, like I love listening to Frank Payne's episode with him, with him. That's a great episode. If anybody wants something to check out, yeah, go listen to it. It's one of the first episodes I think that he did. Um, just because Frank's doing some really cool stuff. Like Frank's found his his niche, and he's he's like Padrone man. He knows what he does well, and yeah, he does it well. You know, yeah. So, well, let me know what you want for a. You want it for THP, or do you want yeah. it for the, for Snakes and Stokies? What do you want said? I don't know. I will figure out what you want said, and I'll ask some people that I think have a grab uh, the zipper of the guy to your left and pull it down. This is Snakes and Stokies. <laughs> what? We're gonna do a, a slogan every episode now. A new slogan every episode. Flies spread disease, so keep yours closed. 
I feel like this could go the podcast games were out when NPR was competing, quote unquote, with Reptile and Chill. Feats of strength and hilarity ensue. <laughs> I have no over body strength. I'm out of shape. I think I think the it, the the competitiveness between the THN and NPR is not an actual competition. It's helping each other out because I think it's all, like an in, influencing each other. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I think that we build each other and we influence blossom from each other, of course. Influence each other's evolution. Yeah, 110 percent. You know what I mean? I mean, I like f- truthfully, I really don't want to have as many shows as, as Burke has going on. You know, that's just yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but I'd be happy with adding something else that's not uh, necessarily snake centric. Which I mean, this I is THP is. For the most part, we do try to change that up periodically, but it's at least fifty percent snake. It is easily. Yeah, I mean, this is almost a hundred. You know, hence the name. The way the good Lord intended. Yes, sir. Snakes love them. So snakes, stogies, beards—the finest of life. Yeah, I mean. Bill said, I don't think it's competitive at all. Both crowds push each other. Never heard a negative thing in either direction. Yeah, because, I mean, I love those guys, man. Those 1% aquatics. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Damn it. Fucking I made, I'm just going to let Cox <laughs> do his thing and be like, if you want to do alcohol and aquatics, whatever. Like, for love Dude, of God, go I for it. i got to be honest. If Cox did alcohol and aquatics, and he did, like, the bourbon and garami tasting of the week... I think that would kill, bro. It would slay, and we could throw it on here. I just don't want to necessarily be part of it. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Be like, let's talk about Enfuma and how they eat all of your tropical fish. (laughs) You know what's funny is I mentioned doing that that, Aquaculture magazine. I had a couple people message me, and they're like, dude, you should totally do that. And it's like, fuck. Really? Now I gotta. Um, Maybe. So I went out herping the other night with the lady... And we saw an Enfuma hunting in the rocks, and I couldn't get close enough to get like a picture. On land? No, no, in the in the. <clears throat> excuse me. So, like, uh, it was a. We went to a bridge out in the middle of the cane fields, middle of nowhere. And what I'll do is I'll I'll park the car on the side of the road and I'll go underneath the bridge, right? And I'll check all the rock crevices and stuff, look for like Nerodia and cottonmouths, and. There is, there is almost like a tide, so to speak, in those big, heavy canals where they have like the locks and the pump houses. And uh, sometimes it's a little lower than others. And at that time, the the water line was a little, high, was a little higher, a little higher, higher, would normally be dry, were submerged. And sitting on top of a rock in like a little nook was this like 13, 14 inch Enfuma. And you could see it like doing its thing, like shimmying back and forth. Right. And then I went down, I started climbing down these rocks. And I'm like, I'm going to fall in. This is going to suck. I'm going to be Casey Cannon for a hot second. <laughs> and I get closer and I'm finally in range for me to like zoom in with my phone. And I, I guess my headlight hit the salamander just right. And it was like, oh my God, there's light gone. Yep. yep. 
So, but I'd never seen one like chilling hunting before. You know what I mean? Like I've seen them crossing the road and like I've seen them uh, come up to the surface and like gulp some air and then go back down. But I've never seen one like in its natural hunt mode. So I know about as much of about those as I do aquatic fish. That's kind of a double negative, an aquatic fish. Jesus. So I don't understand uh, the appeal, honestly. Like I know Dom has been on a kick with him lately. Clearly, Bill is pumped pumped about him. Um, I don't I don't understand the appeal. To me, they do they do nothing for me. Like if I saw one out and about, I'd be like, mm, yeah, it's a giant eel frog. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think if humans are awesome, um, they're predatory. They're just awesome. I like. Them. Oh, I'm we not had some at the I'm... at the nature center that I worked at. We had some, and I mean they were cool, but I was like, they kind of just just looked stupid and sat there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was did fun I, to watch did I ever share? Trim. I shared the video of my one buddies, right? I don't think so. All right, here I'll share that real quick. Um, hold on a second. Let's pull this up. And for Yuma videos, where the hell is this? It was a while ago. All right, share screen. Unfortunately, Justin has stepped away from the console and therefore will not be able to share my screen just yet. All right. So Bill says that he has a group of three toads and fumas. He says there's a two toe group on Morph Market that he wants. Um, what do they even go for these days, Bill? I mean, I don't even know what what they cost. Um, but all right, uh, can you share that? There we go. So this one is, I believe, a two toed. Um, and this animal, this is a 20 gallon long, just to give you an idea how big the tank is. Aqua penis. That's an earthworm. Yep. And I love just like how it flows out the gills. Oh, it's awesome. Look at that little crawdad watching him like, bro. How could you? I've heard those things can bite the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. Savages, dude. And, like, I mean, they'll take down, like, if you put, like, a live rat pup in there, that thing would suck that thing underwater and just consume it. They just make me think of electric eels. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, except you won't get shocked. <laughs> I love the, the crawdads, though. See, look. That thing's, like... I think stupid. 
I bet you their vision sucks. So this is a slow motion. Yeah. That way you can see the gills, you know, pump out the water. <clears throat> you know what's funny to me is that someone devoted their life to these creatures. <laughs> it's like you could have yeah. picked something a little cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're cool, man. And of course, this video is forever because it's slow motion. My apologies. But I should have fast forwarded. <laughs> it was so much faster in real time. But I just love how, like, look, he like, puffs his neck out like that. He's like, can I eat this? Should I eat this? Uh, maybe I will. I don't know. Freaking earthworms, like, what's happening? Yeah, right. I'm so <laughs> hydrated. I'm so hydrated, bro. I just love the, the crawdads in the background. Oh, there we go. Wishing they could get a get a piece. Yeah. Jesus. It's smoking it. Right? And you'll see see the gills. See how the, the debris and, and worm guts pop out the back of the gills? Or whatever those things are. Awesome. Hmm. Those stupid ass legs. <laughs> Vestigial. So I think they're cool. The king of the king of the aquatic jungle. <laughs> Everyone's and giving him a space, saying, "Don't fuck with with Don Santiago." It is even more so, weird than Mud Snake's feet on those exclusively, almost. Yeah, right. It's crazy. And uh, our good friend Mike sent me a video of him at work, and I felt like I should share it because it's really cool. second let's cue this up all right facebook there it is there you go justin so this is our man mike chondro mike doing what he does at work and that is super cool like hell of a job right how awesome you know helicopters are a big no for me that's not what I wanted to show you that's what I wanted to show you hmm I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a heights guy. So, it's pretty awesome, though. I mean, it's it's cool, but helicopters are scary as shit, especially after <laughs> you know the whole Kobe thing. Yeah. So you're saying you don't want to dangle from one? 
Uh, not unless I absolutely have to, if it's like a diehard situation. <laughs> diehard situation is the only one you're, you, you would concede. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Mike, thank you so much for sharing that, brother. I think it's awesome. Love seeing our animal people in their natural element. I love it. You know what it makes me think of? What? Hold on. Let me share it. The lady spinning in the, or the, the person spinning in the basket that was getting rescued. Did you ever see that? Mm -mm. For real? No. <laughs> A 74 year old woman. And I mean, she's I, in, I, she's I, in I don't that know. Red thing? I thought it was hilarious. I'm sure it wasn't all that funny at the time. Give it a second. So she's in that thing? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> it just gets oh faster and faster. God. <laughs> it's like it's like when your yo-yo string gets twisted <laughs> and you just let <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god, that poor woman. That poor woman. <laughs> oh my god. How does that happen? <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> they just take off. They're like, we can't do anything. Just start moving, dude. Oh my god! What a wild ride! <laughs> oh, poor woman. <clears throat> Imagine they're seeing that after the fact. Oh my god! But that's hey, literally Darren, how's it hanging? Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it reminds me of when your yo-yo string gets twisted and you just let the yo-yo hang at the bottom and it just starts to spin out of control. Oh my God! Bob Evans said, "We." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like I said, I shouldn't laugh at that as much as I do. Every time I see that video, I just start cracking up because you, oh. like, it, yeah. uh, can you imagine you're, like getting rescued and then all of a sudden you're you're like a freaking Beyblade in the air? Legit. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Oh well. On that note, we're at 2.32, my friend. We are. We are. Uh, man. I'm going to watch that again before I go to bed, and Katie's going to wonder why I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. She's probably going to get pissed and be like, go to bed. Go to sleep. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm glad we could uh, end on a hilarious note <laughs> at some poor old woman's expense. <laughs> She'll be all right. She's okay. Yeah. Probably. True, probably. Probably. I'm a little dizzy. Uh. But... <laughs> All right. Well, this show was brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. Uh, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I don't think they posted a video in a while, but they do have a YouTube channel with some videos on it. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, oh, clearly, yeah. they have some, you know, they're, they're in full swing with baby season. They got some pop ones recently. Uh, I think that was last oh, week. Oh, yeah. Yep, the blood eggs on the ground, which I didn't even realize they had bloods. I feel like I every week either. they're they're like an onion, man. Every layer, layers, layers. So, 
uh, check out. So J Babies, aka Vic Loriano, is in the chat. We just had a, our last episode of THP was with Vic, so be sure to check that out. And oh, yeah. uh, two elderly were harmed in the making of this podcast. No elderly were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yes, of course, of course. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Uh, I can't wait to show people that. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you the link. Please do. Please do. And uh, we'll see you guys Thursday night. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us. We'll be in your ears. Pumping out them brain powers. If we have Roy on, I'm very excited about that episode because Roy does some really cool stuff. Yeah. So. It'll be good. That'll be good. It'll be good regardless uh, of who we have on, but. Exactly. You know. You know. Not to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but. Anyways, everyone have a good evening. Good night. Good night, Moon. Good night, Moon. A comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush. Mm-hmm. <laughs>